welcome to Where I Long to Be, a Magical Trip Report podcast. My name is Virginia and I will be your host. And for today, I will also be your interview. So welcome to my self-interview for my upcoming May 2023 Walt Disney World trip. Today is May the 6th, so I'm a little less than a week away and I am so excited. My upcoming trip is going to be May 12th through 18th. This is going to be my very first ever solo trip. And the reason I chose these dates is really because I have a very busy time at work every year in April due to the nature of of where I work. And it kind of starts to calm down a little bit during that second week of May. So we did have a few nights of Disney Vacation Club points, uh, DVC points, that had already been banked forward a year previously. So you can only bank your points forward one year. After that, you have to use them by, by the end of the next use year or you lose them. That's usually not a problem for me because I go to Disney a lot and I definitely use the points. But for this trip, I had three nights worth of points that needed to be used by the end of the use year. And booking this trip right after my busiest time of work seemed like a good idea. It would give me a great chance to kind of unwind and decompress after that busy time. And this is actually going to be my very first solo trip. So I am super excited about that. So initially, because I only have three nights of points that I need to use, I had booked, um, I believe it was May the 15th through the 18th over at the Grand Floridian. That is going to be my first time staying there. And it is the last of the Magic Kingdom resorts that I haven't stayed at. So I think I will be in one of the Mary Poppins themed uh, refurbished rooms over in the DVC building. So that is really exciting because the rooms look gorgeous in the pictures that I've seen online. But May 15th through 18th didn't feel quite long enough. So of course I wanted to make the most of my time since I'm taking the time and money to fly down to Orlando. So I went ahead and rented two nights of DVC points from David's Vacation Club Rental. David's Vacation Club Rental I know is well known for renting out DVC points of owners who have points that they're not going to be able to use in time um, or that just want to rent them out because they need extra money or, or for whatever reason they choose to rent out the points that they own. So because I don't want to tap into any of the points that I have designated for next year because I do have a big trip coming up next February with my sister and her kids where we're going to need a two-bedroom DVC room. Um, So instead, I decided to go ahead and rent some points from David's Vacation Club rental so that I could use someone else's points. That is going to be May the 13th through the 15th. So I extended my initial three nights by another two nights. And by renting those points, it basically gave me um, a deluxe room at sort of a more moderate price level. So I have stayed at Boardwalk before. That is the place I'm going to be using those two nights. And it is really nice to be so close to Epcot. I think that it's it's a perfectly nice resort. The rooms could use a bit of a refresh, but it is uh, so close to everything. It's really nice to walk right into Epcot. And also, most of the time with the DVC rooms in Boardwalk, you're kind of at the end where it's also very convenient to walk over to Hollywood Studios. So then after that, I was kind of looking into the flights to 
figure out when would work for me. I am somebody who normally prefers to fly at the crack of dawn. Um, and that's really because I feel like the later your flight is in the day, the more likely you are to be delayed. Um, but I really wasn't finding any flights that were really working for me for that Saturday morning. It just seemed like all the flights were either super expensive or they were really late in the day or they had connections involved. And to fly nonstop is only like a two, two and a half hour flight. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around doing some kind of connection for what could be a very short flight if I want it to be. So in sort of pricing out things, I found that it was actually cheaper for me to fly in the night before on the Friday after work and then use my annual pass discount to get a one night room over at Pop Century. And I love Pop Century. It's the only value resort that I've stayed at, but it is really nice. I don't think I'll be staying there long enough to be able to take advantage of everything that Pop Century has to offer. But it's perfect for what I'm looking for because my flight will not get in until late that Friday night. I think it doesn't land until between 10 and 10.30 or something like that. And so I'm really just kind of using this as a place to go and sleep for the very first night. So like I said, it's a solo trip. It's just me. I'll be flying out of LaGuardia here in New York City, heading down to Orlando. And my flight, I guess it's arriving in Orlando at 10.24. I'm planning on using the Mirrors Connect bus service over to Pop Century that first night. I have not used Mirrors before. I have only ever used Magical Express back when that was a thing. And then the past couple times that we've come down as a family, I have always used the Sunshine Flyer. But what I found out in looking at the Sunshine Flyer times is that they do not run the Sunshine Flyer quite that late at night. So it's forcing me to try Mirrors and I'm really excited to give it a try and see how it compares. Since I'm arriving so late that night, it's really just going to be over to Pop Century and straight to bed. My plan for Saturday, May 13th is just to spend a lot of time at Epcot. So I'm going to be getting up and I would really love to Skyliner and just sort of make a stop at Riviera for some breakfast and then Skyliner on over to Epcot for the Flower and Garden Festival. And that's really my plan for the day. I'm going to be eating the festival food, enjoying everything about Flower and Garden. Because my room at some point will be ready in the mid-afternoon over at Boardwalk, then I think maybe I'll probably pop over there for a, a mid-afternoon nap perhaps and just to get myself unpacked and, and sorted. Um, but that's really the plan for all of Saturday, May 15th, excuse me, Saturday, May 13th. For Sunday, May 14th, I am going to be using most of that day for Hollywood Studios. So because I'll be at Boardwalk, I will most likely walk over to Hollywood Studios. And I would like to try some different food options while I'm there than I normally try. My family and I have some traditions of places that we like to go. And um, because I'm not really going to make any table service reservations for this particular trip, since it is a solo trip, I'm just going to eat quick service mostly and then maybe do some some walk-ups to some sit-down restaurants. We'll see. Uh, but when I'm at Hollywood Studios, I should be probably eating quick service that entire day. And what I'm going to try to do is go to the quick services that I don't normally go to, just to make it a little bit different. That is also a day when I might head over to the boardwalk mid-afternoon, either for some rest or just to get some pool time at, and at boardwalk. I like to get a little pool time in at whatever resort I'm at, even if it's just for a little bit. 
Um, then for dinner, I anticipate I'll probably hop back over to Epcot just to eat festival food for dinner because I absolutely love hopping around to different festival food booths. So we'll see what happens with that. But that is the plan. Um, and also late that Sunday night, I would really, really love to check out jelly rolls for the first time. I figure I'll be staying at Boardwalk. It just makes sense to do it while I'm right there so that I can easily just pop back up to my room and go to sleep when I'm done. But I think I will hop over to Jelly Rolls, probably just have a drink, probably not more than that since it'll just be me. Um, but I want to see the dueling pianos and just enjoy that atmosphere for a drink before I head back up to bed. So that seems like it will be the best night to do it. And my understanding is, is that Sunday nights, I think there's some sort of discount for cast members. So it tends to be a lot of cast members that go to the Sunday night at Jelly Rolls. So I think that would make for a really fun atmosphere. I'm really excited to check it out. And I'm hoping that because it's just me, it will be easy to find me a seat for a party of one. On Monday, May the 15th, I will be doing some more Epcot time. This is the morning that I'll be heading over to the Grand Floridian. And my plan is really to pop into Epcot that morning just to grab breakfast at Les Halles, which is the patisserie in France, because I love having breakfast there. And so this feels like the one opportunity I'm going to have to make that work for myself. So I'll go do that. And then I'm going to head right back out of Epcot because my morning on Monday the 15th is going to be dedicated to doing a little bit of shopping over at the Character Warehouse outlet, over at the Vineland outlets, and also over at Disney Springs. There's just a couple stores at Disney Springs I like to hit every time. Um, so that would be World of Disney. That would be Marketplace Co-op usually Disney style and maybe like Uniqlo because they do have some interesting t-shirts there sometimes. I don't hit up every single store in Disney Springs and I will not stay there for hours and hours. So I really just think I'll go over to Character Warehouse, go to Disney Springs, hit a few stores, and then I'll, I should be back over at the Grand Floridian to get settled in by lunchtime. Then the plan for that evening is to go back to Epcot, which may not make a whole lot of sense because I've already spent a bunch of time at Epcot, but that's what I'm thinking I'll do. And that's really just because that is the night when they have the late night hours for the deluxe guests. So I would like to take advantage of that. So anything I haven't had a chance to do at Epcot, that would be the evening I'd get to do it and then potentially get to um, ride Guardians of the Galaxy again. And I love Guardians of the Galaxy. So Tuesday, May the 16th, that is going to be a Magic Kingdom day since I'll be over at Grand Floridian. So I'm trying to really make the most of the time of each of the locations that I am in and what makes sense based on where I am so that I'm not spending a ton of time traveling around. So I'll hit up Magic Kingdom. I will probably try to rope drop and really make the most of it. Um, and this is a day when I will definitely be taking a midday break back at the Grand Floridian because I have scheduled myself for a massage at the Grand Floridian Spa. And I'm excited for two reasons. One is I've never been to the Grand Floridian Spa, so that's going to be super nice. I cannot wait to see what that's like inside. And two, I have not had a massage since the pandemic. So I am really excited to get back and, and do that for myself. I'm just doing the 50-minute one, but I, you know, it's been a pretty chaotic few years. I'll be coming right off of the busiest time of my year at work, and I anticipate that I will be ready for that massage. So really looking forward to that. 
Um, that night I am definitely going to be trying to catch happily ever after, um, because I don't want to miss it. So just in case it gets canceled, um, on one of the other nights, then this is the night I'll definitely try to, to see that. Wednesday, May the 17th is my Animal Kingdom day. So I will plan on going over there early since it is the only day I'm going to Animal Kingdom. And then that night is actually late night hours for deluxe guests at Magic Kingdom. So I will definitely be heading back over to Magic Kingdom for the evening after I've done everything I wanted to do at Animal Kingdom, probably with some sort of midday break in at the Grand Floridian. Because it is my first time staying at the Grand Floridian, I will definitely be trying to take advantage of some resort time while I'm there and making sure that I really feel like I got a chance to see everything and and appreciate all the amenities. Then on Thursday, May the 18th, that is my departure day, unfortunately. Um, And that will be another Magic Kingdom day just because I am right there at the Grand Floridian. I can get all my stuff packed up and put it with Bell Services, head over to the park, um, and uh, do anything that I haven't had a chance to do. My flight that evening is not until quite late, so I should be able to stay, I think, Let's see. I think my mirrors pickup is sometime at like 3 or 4 p.m. Um, so I should have a good amount of time to enjoy last minute things at the park before I have to be back over at the Grand Floridian to catch that mirrors bus. So I have a few things that are going to be priorities this trip for me. Um, my priorities in Magic Kingdom are definitely going to be seeing Happily Ever After again because this will be my first time seeing it since it's come back. And then also Tron because I have not had a chance to ride that yet. So I would love to be able to do the virtual queue a couple times and I'll probably purchase the individual lightning lane and just really ride it as many times as I can. For Epcot, of course, my priority is going to be flower and garden and taking advantage of all the festival booths for the food, appreciating the topiaries, and probably trying to write Guardians of the Galaxy as much as possible because I really love Guardians of the Galaxy. That's another one I'll probably try to do virtual queue as well as some individual lightning lanes. And then I may try to check out that DuckTales uh, World Showcase adventure again. Because Jeanette, if you listen to that episode with Jeanette and Marin and their trip report, have spoken so highly about how much fun that game is. And I think especially because I'm by myself, I can take my time. I can do it as I feel like I'm ready to and just give it another shot. I tried it once with my husband and my son, and they kind of were not able to focus on it long enough for us to do it more than once um, at one country. And so they didn't really get into it. So this will be my chance to really explore it and see if I like it. Then my priorities for Hollywood Studios and for Animal Kingdom really are just going to be both taking in the atmosphere. I'll ride what I want to ride and I'm sure I'll do lots of stuff while I'm there. But those are two parks where I also just really love just kind of hanging out. So I'm sort of envisioning myself, especially, you know, because it's my first solo trip. I think I have this romanticized version of what it will be like for me to be there by myself. And one of the images I see is myself getting a an iced coffee at Joffrey's and sitting on a bench and reading my Kindle and people watching and that sort of thing. So I really just think soaking in the atmosphere is my main priority for both of those parks. And then finally, I do have some priorities for the Grand Floridian beyond just trying the spa for my massage. I would love to try 
Citricos or Narcusis or both of them. So I have never been to either of those restaurants. And I think I said earlier that I have not made any dining reservations for this trip. I want it to feel very go with the flow because I'll be solo. And I, I want to be able to make those decisions about what I want to do when I want to do it on the fly. And so I purposefully have not made any dining reservations and will probably be eating mostly quick service. However, for Citricos or Narcusis, I'm really hoping that I can just do a walk up and eat in their lounge. I think it would probably be just as good. I've already looked at the menu and decided what I would like, so I'm hoping they'll let me do that. So I'm sure when I get there, I'll probably pop by there just to ask if that's even possible. And then once I know that it's possible, I'll be able to slide that in um, where it will fit best within my day over at the Grand Floridian. My other priority while I'm there is to definitely get over to the Polynesian, either for a lunch or a dinner at the Captain Cook Quick Service, or maybe both, because there's two things that I really love to get over at Captain Cook's. One of them is the uh, pulled pork nachos, which if you listen to Dana's trip report, she also raves about them. And we had a moment where I got so excited because I... Just I, I think about those nachos all the time. They are so good. And they're not just like normal nachos. Uh, they're potato chip nachos with wonton chips and pulled pork and pineapple. And oh, it's so good. Um, so there's that. And then there's also some Thai coconut meatballs that are phenomenal. It, it I can't even describe it. It's just like the coconut and the sweet and the savory. And it, uh, it's to die for so I think that getting both of those would be way too much for me for a meal. So if I can get over there twice, that would be ideal. So the plan will be to either walk over or however I can get over to Polly because I'm not sure what's going on with the walkway right now um, while I'm staying at Grand Floridian. And that would either be for a lunch or a dinner or maybe on my Magic Kingdom day instead of eating a Magic Kingdom, maybe I'll take my break and go and eat my lunch at Polly. Um, something like that, just so that I can have those two dishes. Because I've been thinking about them ever since I stayed there, and I really need to get back just for the sole purpose of eating those. And then my final priority for Grand Floridian is going to be to go have a drink at Enchanted Rose. The only time I've ever been into the Enchanted Rose is when I was on a girl's trip with one of my BFFs, Nancy. She and I had gone over to the Grand Floridian and were looking at Basin and doing all the things you do at Grand Floridian. And Enchanted Rose was not open yet for the day, but we popped in just to take a look. And it was so beautiful in there. And I have been looking at the menu and kind of thinking about what I would get when I do get a chance to go there. And everyone talks about this... Um, I can't, it's Enchanted Fog or English Fog or something like that. Anyway, it's a cocktail that involves Earl Grey tea and I love Earl Grey tea. So I think that I will make it a priority at some point during my Grand Floridian time, whether it's just at night, right before I head up to, to bed, maybe I'll have a nightcap of, of that drink and see how I like it. So that, that is my plan for my solo trip, and I will talk to you in just a second when I will be reporting back with my post-trip interview. So here we go. 
Hi, it's Virginia popping in to say that there is a little bit of static noise that is happening during the post trip report. I'm not sure whether it's an issue of my microphone not being plugged in as tightly as it might have been, or whether it's an actual issue with the online recording studio that I use. I know I did have that clicking issue that was in Marin's post trip report, so now I'm not sure whether it's the actual microphone or whether it is a studio issue itself. Regardless, it does go away pretty quickly every time it happens, so hopefully it will not take away from your overall enjoyment of the episode. And with that, let's go to the report. And I am back. It is Wednesday, May the 24th, and I returned for my trip on Thursday last week. It was an amazing trip, so let's get into all the details. So first, on my arrival day, I did work a full day from home. That was, as a reminder, um, Friday, May the 12th. And as soon as the clock hit five, I got my stuff together and started making my way over to LaGuardia Airport. LaGuardia is only about a 15-minute ride at the most from where I live. Um, So it's pretty easy to get there. And before I hit the road and got out the door, I actually saw that my flight was delayed a bit. So it was originally supposed to leave from LaGuardia at about 7.30 p.m. And we ended up leaving closer to 8.15. So I got over to LaGuardia. I was kind of excited to go back to LaGuardia because they've recently done a bunch of renovations there and it's really, really nice. However, it turns out that the Delta Terminal in LaGuardia is not one of the ones that has finished being renovated yet. So it was not really that wonderful. There were not very many food options at all. In the newer section, it's like being in a fancy mall. Like there's lots of stores and things to look at and good restaurants to choose from, both, you know, pricey, nice style restaurants, but also just nice fast food too, like Shake Shack and things like that. Um, and in this section, there there was none of that. So I ended up finding a little bar and grill type place that was right near my gate. And I sat down and had some sort of burger or something. I can't even remember what I had. It was not memorable. It was just something warm to eat that wasn't just like a sandwich from a cooler. Um, It was fine. Um, I didn't have a ton of time to sit around. It was only delayed by about 45 minutes, but it was enough to allow me to get something to eat, which I may not have had time for had it not been delayed. So with that late start, I ended up landing at NCO at 1045 p.m. And it only took me about 20 minutes to get from my gate so I got checked into mirrors and it was only about five minutes before I was loaded into a vehicle and within 10 minutes or less, we were actually on the road. We were not in one of those big mirrors buses, but it was actually like a, a I don't know how many passenger van. There were probably about 10 of us in this van. Um, there was not a whole lot of room to spare, but there was plenty of room for all of our luggage, which was kind of a surprise to me. Um, Overall, I think this was a good service. I would use it again. It was cheap. 
It runs all night. It's safe. I think that this service was fine. We did drop off some other guests before I got over to Pop Century. Um, There was one off-site hotel over by Disney Springs that we went to first. Then we stopped over at Saratoga Springs. And then finally, it was Pop Century. And I think there was at least one other stop after me because I was not the last person to get out of the van. So by the time we got to Pop Century, I made a note that it was about 12.15. Um, at night. So it was pretty late. Um, One thing that I did not consider about getting in so late was that I might be hungry at that time of night. Because I had already had dinner at the airport and eaten a snack on the plane, I really didn't anticipate being hungry. But for some reason, I was. And there was nothing open. The food court at Pop was not open. I was in the 90s section. I have never stayed in the 90s section over at Pop Century, but it did feel like it was the farthest section away. And I had a view of the parking lot, which was, of course, fine because I was only there for the one night. Um, But it did take me a while to get over there. It was kind of a hike um, with my things. So anyway, I got myself settled, basically just laid out my clothes for the next day. I tried to be as prepared as I could be for the morning. I believe I went ahead and purchased my Genie Plus since it was past midnight. Um, So that was $20 for Genie Plus for Saturday, uh, May the 13th. So got that purchased ahead of time and just went, went to bed and tried to get some sleep. One thing that I did forget to mention in my pre-trip information is that I did choose to use standby skipper for this trip. So I'm not sure if you have heard of standby skipper, but it is a third party app that you can purchase to be able to use in conjunction with your genie plus service. So they have two options. Basically you can pay for use of it for the day, um, or you can also pay $45 and it's for the length of your trip up to I can't remember if it's seven days or 10 days, but basically you can use it for a whole week long trip and it's $45 and it will help book you your Genie Plus selections in the background so that you don't have to worry about it so much. So um, I will definitely in the show notes put a link to Standby Skipper Um a good link to a video that I know of that kind of explains a little bit better what it is. Basically become friends with Standby Skipper on your My Disney experience. And they friend you. You don't see them in your friend list after that first day though, um, but they're connected to you. And so they can see when you've purchased the Genie Plus service. They know when that's available on your account. And um, what you do each day is basically indicate which park you're planning to go to and what you'd like it to look for for you. So if you don't indicate anything for it to look for, it's not going to book you anything. So you have to tell it how to work for you. So there are a couple of options. You, you can basically mark the, the uh, attractions and rides that have Genie Plus options that are the most important to you. And then you can choose for each one individually do you want it to book it as early as possible in the morning? Do you want it to be in the afternoon or do you want it to be in the evening or do you just want it to pick whatever's first available? Um, so you kind of set that up. And so as long as you've purchased Genie Plus after midnight, 
you can go ahead and get your choices set up within the Standby Skipper app. So the reason I decided to make use of this was really twofold. Uh, one, it was because I have my big trip coming up next February with my sister and her kids uh, and my family, and I wanted to see how the service might work and help us out on that trip just so that it would be um, sort of an extra set of hands for me for that trip as far as keeping up with when it was time to book the next lightning lane and all of that sort of thing. And then also, because this was a solo trip, I knew that at 7 a.m. it would not be possible for me to book an individual lightning lane and get a virtual queue and get my Genie Plus selection. Like that was too many things to do at 7 a.m. for just one person. So I decided to try that out. So because it was past midnight, I went ahead and made that Genie Plus purchase for $20. And then I went ahead and got my standby skipper selection set up to tell it what I was interested in. So I woke up uh, just a few minutes before 7 a.m. to go ahead and try to get my Guardians of the Galaxy virtual queue. So I was able to secure that and got boarding group 21. Um, so that was fantastic. I usually have luck with virtual queues. Um, I've, I've generally been able to always get them, but I did try Jeanette's trick for starting to do my refresh about four or five seconds before it actually turns seven. So that seemed to work because I got lower cues this time than I ever have in the past. So what I ended up doing was going ahead and putting my Apple Watch on my wrist and flipping over to one of the faces that has a second hand. And then I just paid attention to the second hand. And when it hit about the 55 second mark, that's when I started doing my refresh. So 7 a.m. was able to get that virtual queue for Guardian of the Galaxy boarding group 21. And while I was doing that, I saw a notification pop up on my phone indicating that the Standby Skipper app had booked me for a 9 a.m. Soren lightning lane. So that was nice that that happened. I didn't have to worry about it. And then as soon as I was done getting that virtual queue, I went ahead and purchased a Guardians of the Galaxy individual lightning lane for later that night. I just love it. So I wanted to ride it as much as possible. So I did consider going back to sleep after getting all that set up, but I was just too excited. And I, after a few minutes, knew that that was not going to happen for me. So I went ahead and got up, got myself together, took my luggage over to Bell Services, dropped that off, had a fun little moment with a cast member where when he asked where I was transferring to, I said I was going over to the boardwalk and he started to sing under the boardwalk. Anyway, we had a nice little moment um, there. He got all my stuff um, set up to move over to the boardwalk and I was able to walk over to the Skyliner and get myself um, on and off to start my day. So my first stop was actually over at the Riviera because I wanted to try the blueberry and lemon uh, pancakes that were from uh, Piatto Primo that Jeanette had recommended and also to get an almond cold brew from the Petite Cafe, which is the little coffee shop up in the lobby of Riviera. So I went up and got my iced coffee first. Then I mobile ordered my blueberry lemon uh, pancakes um, and went downstairs, grabbed those, took them out and sat at a table right by the water and was able to enjoy the view of the water and of the Skyliner going past. And it was just a really nice, um, relaxing way to start my day. So after I finished that, I went and got back on the Skyliner and made my way over to Epcot and 
lo and behold, I managed to make it through without being pulled over for an extra security check. So if you go to Disney often, you know that there are certain things that will set off the security detectors and force you to go over and get your bag looked at further. I think I've pretty much gotten everything that I keep in my bag that would regularly set that off kind of down to a science. So if you pull those items out of your bag and hold them out in front of you um, at an arm's length away as you walk through the scanners, then if you set off the alarm, they can see that it was something in your hands. And then they just kind of visually look at what's in your hands as you go past, and then you do not have to go do the extra security check. So I always get out my uh, little umbrella, my battery charger, my extra battery charger for my phone, um, usually my glasses case, although there's mixed reviews on whether it's a glasses case that's a soft leather case would actually be setting it off, but just in case I go ahead and take that out as well. Um, and then is there anything else I pull out? Um, oh, and my rechargeable fan, because I have a, a little rechargeable fan and because it has the extra battery in there, I pull that out too. So it's kind of a handful of stuff. I just hold it straight out in front of me like a Frankenstein or something, walk through and I'm good to go. So my virtual queue actually ended up getting called a little early. It was called at about 8.40 a.m. And I think I was still at the Riviera at that time. So I made my way over there and got checked in for the virtual queue right at 9.40 and uh, made a note that I was off the ride by 10.25. So when you do the virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, it's like a normal standby line sort of it's just that you're getting the opportunity to even get in that line so the virtual queue is not necessarily shorter than a regular queue so it did take a bit to get through the queue and um, ride the ride uh, for that first go round, i got the song i ran that i have to say is my least favorite song of all the song choices um, so it kind of made the ride a little bit less exciting but I was happy to be writing it. Um, and what I ended up doing because of that virtual queue getting called a little bit early was I was able to go in to the lightning lane that Standby Skipper had booked for me for Soren and modify it to move it to 1010 so that I was able to just go straight there after I was done with Guardians of the Galaxy. And this sort of became a running theme for me with Standby Skipper. The great thing about it is that you really don't lose control over your uh my disney experience at all if you want to book something for yourself and you are able to do that you can go ahead and do it and you can modify or cancel anything they make for you and one thing i would recommend if you're planning on using standby skipper is that if you are planning to try to use lightning lanes later in the day it seems to me like it was more beneficial to tell it you wanted things earlier in the day, let it book something for you, and then just modify it multiple times until you get it to the time of day that you want. Because if you tell it you only want stuff in the afternoon and there's nothing in the afternoon available yet, it's not going to book you something until that time isn't even an option. So if you go ahead and let it book you for the earlier time and then just you know an hour or so later go click modify then perhaps later times are available then and you can move it. So that's what I ended up doing a lot of the trip and it was really helpful. And then you don't end up missing out on getting as many lightning lanes in as you'd like. You can kind of stack them that way. 
So after I was done with Guardians of the Galaxy, I did take the opportunity to get the photo pass outside um, with the big spaceship behind the Guardians of the Galaxy spaceship. Is that what you call it? Spaceship? space vehicle. I don't know, whatever that big yellow thing is behind me. Um, did some magic shots. I think I have one with Groot in it. Um, it was a lot of fun. And this is another running theme of the solo trip is that my family moans every time I make them stop and do a photo pass because we've always had memory maker, um, back in the before times with our annual passes that was just included. And in the current times with our annual passes, we did, opt for the, I think it's like $99 add-on. You add on to one person's annual pass, um, the memory maker option. And we went ahead and did that because I, I love the photo pass service. I think it's a great way to get a photo of everybody in your party and not have to ask somebody to hold your phone or anything like that. And then I like the magic shot options. So this became one of the themes of the trip was me stopping to do as many photo passes as possible because there was nobody to stop me because I was there by myself and I could do what I wanted when I wanted. So did uh, those photo pass and then I headed straight into Club Cool to try sodas that I have tried a million times before, but it's always fun. Um, I think I have decided that I like the one, I think it's from Korea the best, which is not a carbonated one. It's a flat drink and I think it's apple and lychee flavored. It's really good. And then I also like the cucumber Sprite from Russia a lot. Um, anyway, that was fun. And then from there, I walked on over to do my lightning lane for Soren. The standby at that point was already 40 minutes for Soren. So I definitely feel like in general, overall, I think Genie Plus was worth it for this trip, even though it wasn't so busy. For me, my time is valuable. And even if it wasn't incredibly busy, I don't really like waiting more than 20 to 30 minutes in a queue for anything um, because there are ways to get around that, whether it's using the lightning lane or using the extra hour time, that sort of thing. Um, so I tried to kind of pay attention to what the standby line just so I could feel like, okay, yeah, I'm really getting my money's worth out of the Genie Plus because I'm not waiting in this 40 minute line. From there, I ended up going over um, because I wanted to check out the Pixar Film Festival because it is something I skip every single time. And having gone in and watched it this time, I cannot recall if I've ever done it before because I think in my mind, I thought it was just them playing some Pixar clips that I've seen before that I could watch on my Disney+. Plus. Um, but it was cooler than that. It was actually in 3D. They had glasses. I did not expect that. Um, and it was three different little shorts, um, a couple of which I know I had seen. There was the cute one about the um, the bird that's at the, the shore and is kind of learning how to deal with the ocean and find food and stuff like that. It was really cute. But seeing it in 3D was, was cool. And then there was an old, um, old-looking Mickey short that – made it look like when they popped through the screen that it became the modern version of Mickey. And because it was 3D, that was really cool. So I will definitely be doing that Pixar Film Fest again. I'm glad I did it. Um, and that was something that I was trying to do on this trip was either to do things that my family doesn't necessarily love to do, or also just to do things that I don't usually do on a regular basis because, um, you know, I have other people with me and that sort of thing. 
while I was over there, there was a Mickey photo pass option. So I took a picture with Mickey. And then from there, I headed off to start to enjoy some of World Showcase and the festival booth. So first stop was over at the Pineapple Promenade, where I got a Violet Lemonade. And of course, did an obligatory Violet Lemonade photo shoot by the water. So hopefully I got um, a good picture. I need to go ahead and get all my pictures ready so I can put them on Instagram so you all can see them along with this. So hopefully by the time this is published, um, you'll be able to look at the photos as well. From there, I headed over to Mexico and got the Taco Vampiro, which I have definitely had in the past, and it is so good, really flavorful, and has a little bit of a kick to it. Of course, while I was in Mexico, I had to go do the Grand Fiesta tour with the three caballeros inside the Mexico Pavilion. It was only a five-minute wait, and I love that ride. Also, the last time we were there in February and when we rode that as a family, there were a group of drunk adults on there that talked the entire time and they were just talking like gossiping about something that had happened to them or I don't know they were just talking the entire time it was really annoying so I had to write it and get sort of like a clean slate on it with actually being able to listen and enjoy the ride um from there, I headed over to China and stopped at the Joy of Tea because Jeanette has always recommended to me the Tipsy Ducks in Love cocktail. And I thought, you know, this is my chance to try it. It's got like tea and coffee and she just raves about how it is. So I went ahead and got that. And then while I was there, I headed on uh over to Germany because I wanted to try the pretzel bread pudding, which is over at Summerfest. It is not a festival booth. It's just the normal little walk-up window where you can buy a pretzel. You can also get this pretzel bread pudding. And then I found a table over by the water and just sat and enjoyed that with the tipsy ducks in love. Now I will say this was an amazing combination. So I highly recommend getting the tipsy ducks in love and pairing it with a pretzel bread pudding. But on uh, the note of the drink, I have to say it was extremely strong. It was very tasty. It essentially tasted almost like an alcoholic chocolate milk. Even like I can't say that I really could taste that it had tea and coffee in it as much as the chocolate part of it. Um, but it was really tasty, but it was so strong. I could only finish about half of it just because it was a lot and I was walking around and it was hot and I just did not want to get myself in a bad position there from the very get-go on my trip around World Showcase. Um, while I was sitting there, I saw that Standby Skipper booked me for test track um, for later that afternoon. So I was glad to have that ready to go. And I also had gotten a lightning lane for Frozen for 2.30 that was made for me by Standby Skipper. So I headed over there to do that lightning lane since I was right near um, the Frozen ride anyway. And I made a note that the standby line was 70 minutes and it only took me about 10 minutes to get in, ride, and get back off. So that was well worth it. Um, from there, I headed back over to Mexico um, 
really because I was heading over to test track to do my lightning lane, but I saw that Donald was out in his sombrero in front of Mexico doing photos. And again, my family never wants to stop for photos and the line was short. So I jumped in and I thought I will get a picture with Donald because I don't think I have any pictures with Donald and especially not Donald wearing a sombrero. So I went ahead and did that. And that was so much fun. He was being really funny and kept jumping in front of me and like blocking me from the picture. Um, so we got some good photos cause I was laughing, um, at him from there. I went ahead and headed over to, uh, towards test track, but I saw that mission space was available and, uh, for a, a lightning lane. So I went ahead and booked that and I think it only had a five minute wait anyway, but I booked the lightning lane, went ahead and, and used that. I rode the green side, of course. I have ridden the orange side before with my son, Alex, and I can't say that I feel the need to ever do that again. It did not make me feel great, um, but the green side I can handle. So I went ahead and did that just really because I hadn't done it in a long time. Mission space in general is not a ride that I love, but this fell under the category of, I haven't done this in a long time and I'm here, so I might as well do it. So I went ahead and did that. Then I headed over to do that test track lightning lane. I accidentally checked in about 10 minutes early. Um, so I did not light up green initially, but they were like, oh, it's only you. So you can go ahead and go. Um, which was, was nice. So I didn't have to stand around waiting for 10 minutes. Um, there was an issue with my design screen for making my car though, which was annoying because I think I, I sent my son a, a little video message in excitement of being able to finally design my own car. Because every time we go, you know, you get put with your family and you're kind of doing it together. And because we are the parents of a, an only child. Generally, we let him do the designing and then we just kind of say suggestions and and he takes it into account or he doesn't and, and we just let him do his thing. But I was like, oh, I'm going to actually get to design my own car this time. But then I had all these troubles with the touch screen where every time I would touch one of the categories, it would kind of jump to the all right, are you ready to finalize your design screen? So I had to keep going back. It took me a million times. I barely could get the options that I wanted. I did end up making a pink car, which is what I wanted to do and got a couple features on it, but it was a nightmare trying to make that happen. And then after all of that, when I went and rode the ride, none of the screens that told you how you ranked with all of your options were working. So I didn't even get the pleasure of seeing if I won any of the categories. So I did, they have a place at the end where you can scan and see what your total score is and compare it to what the highest total score of the day was. Um, so I don't know. I think I did okay, but it would have been nicer to see it on those those screens as I was going through the ride. Um, from there, I went ahead and decided to go over to Boardwalk to get checked in you know, because I had gotten a notification that my room was ready. So from that point, I will say that I did begin to notice at this point that my feet were really starting to hurt. And this is sort of odd because the shoes that I had on were Tiva sandals um, that I have worn in the parks a million times. And I love them because they are so comfortable. They didn't take any breaking in. They're not 
like the old school chunky Tevas. They've got skinnier straps and they're cute. Um, and they're like a neutral color. So they go with everything. And if it rains, I'm good to go. If I ride something that, you know, splashes, I'm good to go. I love these sandals. And I noticed that the balls of my feet were starting to kind of burn a little bit, um, like have a burning feeling like they were rubbing. And I thought, oh no, that's not a good sign. Um, but little did I know exactly how bad it was because, um, spoiler alert, by the next day, the blisters had formed on each of the balls of my feet, sort of at the top, like right below where your toes start. And they were each like about the size of a quarter. It, they were probably the worst blisters I've ever had in my life. And again, I don't know how this happened. This has never happened with those shoes before. And it's, I mean, I was doing walking, but I was kind of moving from one thing to another. I wasn't making large jumps of location. So it was a little odd. So I, I made a note that, that my feet were starting to hurt. So I was starting to kind of walk a little bit slower. Once I got over towards the boardwalk, I stopped into the little photo booth right there on the boardwalk, which if you have the memory maker, you can scan your band and then those photos will go into your memory maker. Unfortunately, I think in my mind, I thought that when they went to my memory maker, they would go with the cute little border that you could pick out to do for a a pay a pay option they have to print out like your little strip of photos. I thought, oh, it's going to be in my memory maker with this cute border, but it's not. It was just the four individual pictures were in my memory maker. So it's a little weird because it's just four random pictures of me making different funny faces um, with no particular interesting background or indication of where I was and what I was doing, but whatever, it was free. And so then, well, not free. I did pay for the memory maker, but, um, you know what I mean? It was included. Um, so I got over to the boardwalk and I, the last time I stayed at the boardwalk, my room was at the end of a really long hallway where it was pretty close to a good exit to walk out and start going on the walk to Hollywood studios, like that far over. Um, but this time my room was really close to the elevators. And I think I had put that in as an option that if I could get a request, I would prefer to be near the elevators, but my room actually overlooked the little green area right there that's right in the center of the boardwalk. That's where you enter into the resort from the boardwalk. And um, so I could see Spaceship Earth in the distance. It was beautiful. I could look down on all the people, you know, laying out on the grass, the kids jumping around dancing. When they showed a movie out there, I, I did not go out onto my balcony while they were showing a movie, but I think I probably could have seen the screen from where I was. But I could definitely see uh, a snip. I would say it was sort of like a, an obstructed boardwalk view. Um, but I will take that view with Spaceship Earth in it any day. It was beautiful. I'll definitely include um, a picture on my Instagram showing that. Um, when I went over to Boardwalk, I was able to go to Bell Services and let them know that I was there. And then they said they would bring my stuff up to my room. So I waited up in my room. They brought my luggage and they also brought the Amazon package that I had delivered. So I did order um, a a package of bottled waters. And then I also ordered a box of granola bars, a bag of popcorn and a bag of chips. It was just, it was a really small Amazon 
fresh delivery order. Um, I mainly just wanted bottled water because you can get the Amazon, I think it's called Happy Belly brand. It's their internal brand of bottled water. And you get a packet, I think it was 24 of them for $4. Um, and if you buy a bottled water in the park, I think it's 4 or $5 for just one bottle. So I always order water and that way I make sure that I put two cold bottles in my bag at the beginning of every park day. So I did have some left at the end, which I left for, for housekeeping to take if they wanted it. Um, but picked all that up. Uh, they brought it up to my room and then I just sat on my balcony for a while, enjoyed the view, opened up my chips, had a little snack, um, just sort of rested for a little bit, rested my feet. And then eventually I was ready to head back over to Epcot to get dinner. So um, I specifically had it in my mind that I wanted to go over to the Brunch Cot Festival booth and get the shrimp and grits. And I am so glad that I did because those shrimp and grits were divine. And I consider myself to be somewhat of a shrimp and grits aficionado, if you will. I grew up in North Carolina and... Um, spent lots of vacations down in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I'm somebody who, if I see shrimp and grits on a menu, nine times out of 10, that's what I'm ordering because I love shrimp and grits. And so I can compare and see how does this stack up in the shrimp and grits world. And I will tell you that the shrimp and grits from Brunch Cot, uh, probably I would give that a 10 out of 10 because it was so flavorful. It had a little bit of a kick to it. And I like a little bit of spice. It was just delicious. I um, I think I might have gone back and gotten more on a different day, but regardless, it was really good. And from that point, um, I had a 7 p.m. individual lightning lane for Guardians of the Galaxy set up. So at 7.50, I checked in for that. And because it was an individual lightning lane and not a virtual queue, I got through the queue uh, really quickly. Um, there was a little bit of a, a funny thing that happened while I was doing this particular ride of Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was, number one, that when we were in the pre-show area where Terry Crews is talking to you and saying, Epcotters, people of Epcot, that sort of thing, what do, you call, what do they call themselves? There was a kid there that called out... Epcot Terrans, which is what he ends up calling you, um, and, and was kind of like doing a little shout out, this younger kid. And I've noticed that people have started doing that now. Like I've heard multiple times when I've been in there where he says, what do they call themselves? And some adult thinking they're funny will say alcoholics. Um, but there was this kid and he said, Epcot Terrans. And I found myself being a little irritated with him because he then continued to call out because he got a reaction from that where everybody was like, oh, that was so funny. Um, and so he continued to try to call it and like bring attention to himself for the rest of the pre-show stuff. So I'm not a fan of people trying to bring attention to themselves and calling out or, or saying the words to a pre-show along with the character, that sort of thing, because I am somebody who's always cognizant of the fact that even though I get to go to Disney World all the time, there are plenty of people who it's their first time. There are plenty of people there who it is a once in a lifetime trip for them. And I don't presume that anything I have to say 
is more important than them hearing the ride or attraction as it was intended to be heard during the perhaps their one and only time doing it. So I was a little irritated by him. And then we got into the room where you do the uh, the generator to kind of beam you up to the, the space center. And I don't know if it was because somebody was standing outside the lighted ring or what, but the effect did not work. So we did not transform like that. They ended up having to open the side door and just let us all walk through. So we got all through. I was separated away from this kid who kept calling out. Um, and then when I got up to the front of the line, because I was a party of one, I ended up getting seated with this kid and his parents because they were a family of three and that one spot left open and they were at the back. And I had specifically requested to be at the back because the back is the best place to ride Guardians of the Galaxy if you like it to be fast and furious, which I do. So I was kind of like, oh, I have to be with this kid. And in the line, he was continuing. He was just like talking and being loud and like could not stop moving his body. And I found myself feeling irritated with him again. But then in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I don't want to let him irritate me right before I'm about to go on my favorite ride. I'm just going to lean into this and try to turn my mindset around. And, you know, instead of trying to change somebody else, I'm going to change how I'm thinking about it. So he was just bouncing off the walls. And so I just turned and started talking. I was like, I'm going to talk to him. So I turned to him and I was like, oh my gosh, are you so excited? And he said, yes. And then he told me he was celebrating his birthday. And I said, oh, how old are you going to be? And he was going to turn eight. And then my, my main question, I always ask people when I'm in waiting line for Guardians of the Galaxy is, are you hoping for a particular song? So I said, are you hoping for a particular song? Because I could tell he'd written it before because he knew all the words, the pre-show. Um, pre um, he said, oh, I'm hoping for everybody wants to rule the world. I was like, me too. I told him that that was what played the very first time I ever rode the ride. And I had been hoping to get it again. We did not end up getting that. But what we did end up getting was Disco Inferno. And I think Disco Inferno was the last song I had yet to hear on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because I had had some repeats of some of the other songs. Um, and then this is where it really felt magical to me in my head. Like I had already taken a moment to recenter myself and kind of reframe how I was looking at the situation with this hyper kid who wouldn't stop talking. And I embraced it and I became more positive about it instantly. But then when we got on and Disco Inferno started playing, this eight-year-old kid literally knew every single word. And we had the best time and getting to ride it with him really was the highlight of all of the times I rode Guardians of the Galaxy on this trip. And I would say it was one of the highlights of my trip. So I just bring this up just to sort of remind everybody that if you're starting to feel irritated with somebody in the crowd, kind of try to think about it from their perspective. Maybe they're hyper, maybe they're tired. Maybe just try to take a different viewpoint on it and see how you personally can turn your thoughts on it around. Not that you can change the other person, but how can you change your mindset about it? Because it really helped. And I ended up feeling like that was one of my best moments of the trip. So there you go. Shout out to whoever that kid was that knew all the words to Disco Inferno. And 
P.S. I, I don't feel like I can post the mem- the the magic shot or the um, the photo pass that's from the ride because that would be weird for me to show his face and his parents' face on my Instagram. But I will just tell you, he knew every single word and he was definitely into it. But in the photo, he looks scared out of his mind which is funny. And it must've just caught him at a, a particular moment. Cause he was definitely not scared, but it looks hilarious. It looks like he's about to like lose it. Um, so after guardians of the galaxy individual lightning lane was over, I knew I just needed to head back over to the boardwalk. I was tired and my feet were killing me. So I just slowly made my way back over to the boardwalk from there. I, think I ended up getting into bed and heading to to bed for the for the night and just deciding that I would buy my genie plus in the morning instead of waiting for it to get past midnight so Sunday May 14th I got up and I went ahead and purchased the genie plus service for $18 that day also noticed that standby skipper booked me a lightning lane for Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. And while it was doing that, I paid the individual lightning lane for rise of the resistance. It was $20 that day. And so I really debated whether I should go ahead and do it because I've done rise of the resistance a number of times. Honestly, I don't think it's worth $20 for me to do that as somebody who's ridden as many times as I had. If it's, if it was my first time, sure, $20. And I'm saying this as somebody who spent the $20 on it, but do I think it was worth it? Probably not. But I'll tell you what, what is worth it is, is my time and not having to wait in lines. And even though it's just me and I could have stood and read my book or whatever, I went ahead and paid the the $20 just to not have to worry about it. Um, So I did continue to move very slow because of my blister situation. Um, But I started to go over to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway to check in, but they were having audio issues. And so they said, as long as you come back anytime before noon, you should be able to use it um, at that time. And then because they had audio issues for as long as they did, they eventually flipped my uh, Genie Plus Lightning Lane into an anytime Lightning Lane that was available for me to use it pretty much most rides at Hollywood Studios and also included Mickey and Minnie's, which some of the other anytime ones, when they convert, unless it was originally for Mickey and Minnie's, you may not necessarily be able to do that. Um, so it became an anytime. And so that was great because I knew I'd get a chance to ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I really enjoy. And I knew I'd have the flexibility to do it whenever I felt like that day. So from there, because I was able to sort of relax a little bit about the fact that I had that lightning lane already set up, I headed over to Galaxy's Edge and uh, got myself on the way over there. I got a Starbucks, a uh, caramel cold brew, and from Galaxy's Edge went ahead and got a breakfast Ronto wrap, which I had had the regular Ronto wrap and I really like it, but I had not had the breakfast one yet. So I was happy to get to try that and I can report that it is delicious. So I will definitely be having that as a breakfast option again, in addition to the Woody's breakfast bowl that my family usually gets, I think that the breakfast Raja wrap is probably a close second of things to, to enjoy for breakfast in that particular park. 
Standby Skipper booked my Lightning Lane for Toy Story Mania for $9.15, and this is one that I ended up modifying. I only pushed it back to $9.45, so after I got my Roncho wrap, um, and I noticed that Rise of the Resistance uh, was actually down, so I was able to use my individual Lightning Lane for any time that day. So again, more flexibility for me, which was awesome. So I used that chance to go ahead and do the Millennium Falcon. And I used the single rider cue because it was just me. And it was a walk-on because I was in the single rider. I did not particularly care whether I was going to be a pilot or anything like that. So didn't matter to me. I did the single rider walk-on, ended up being an engineer. I wrote it. There was another guy that was the other engineer, and he was a lovely man from England, and it was his first time writing it. And so it was fun to watch him get to experience it for the first time and just chat with another single rider. Um, From there, I headed into Toy Story Land and checked in for my lightning lane for Toy Story Mania at 10.30. After that ride is when I realized exactly how bad the blister situation was. So I ended up sitting down on one of those little uh, big toy things that kind of acts as a bench right as as you come out of the exit of Toy Story Mania. So I sat down there and I always in my bag keep a little kit that I keep some blister specific band-aids like the kind that have a really nice cushion to them and then I always keep like some normal band-aids and some moleskin and a little tiny travel pair of scissors so I can cut the moleskin to whatever size I need it to be and so I sat down and took care of my feet situation basically um, because I was not going to be able to continue without doing something about it they were getting that bad So while I was sitting there getting that situation sorted out, I just rested my feet for a minute and booked myself a lightning lane for alien swirling saucers for 11 a.m. Since I was right there anyway, I thought I'll just go ahead and do alien swirling saucers. That way I can avoid walking. So I just waited, you know, however, 10 minutes or so before it was time for that to start, went over, rode that ride. It was fun. It's cute. I do not recommend waiting a long time to ride Alien Swirling Saucers, but it was cute. It's That is definitely one of the ones that it is a lot more fun with somebody else. Riding that ride by myself was not nearly as fun. When you ride it with somebody else, you can dance along with the music. I mean, I suppose I could have danced along with the music, but it just wasn't as fun by myself. Um from there, uh, Standby Skipper booked me a lightning lane for Tower of Terror, and that was for 1140. So I was just sort of bouncing from one thing to the next. I checked in at my Tower of Terror lightning lane about noon and was off the ride by about 1225. I would have been off quicker than that, but only two of the elevators were actually working. So they seemed to be having some sort of technical issue. From there, I ended up browsing in all the stores on Sunset Boulevard, which I love to do. I just think that those are some of the best stores in any of the parks. And then I decided I was hungry. Now, you'll probably remember from my cruise ship information that I did not book any table service options. Um, And I had kind of thought that I would try to do some kind of quick service that I either hadn't done before or that I hadn't done in a long time. Because typically when we are at Hollywood Studios, we will eat 
table service at Brown Derby or at 50s Primetime. And um, by this point, partially, I think, because of the feet situation, blister situation, I just really wanted to sit down, take a load off, and just have a really relaxed meal. So I decided I'm going to do walk up to Brown Derby, even though I had told myself I should go get something new. So I did the Brown Derby lounge walk up, and it estimated it to be a 10-minute wait. And I was sitting sort of on the wall right outside the lounge area, so I could see that there were some tables available. And nothing, my thing was not being called. I was sitting there wondering why am I not being called, but I just continued to rest my feet, look at my phone. Finally, it was about 45 minutes later when it had said it was going to be a 10 minute wait. So finally I walked up to the hostess and said, you know, I'm just checking to make sure I'm actually still on the list because it was said it was going to be a 10 minute wait and it's been 45 now. And she said, oh yeah, I was going to tell you, message you to let you know that it was going to be a longer wait than that, but we didn't have your phone number. So I guess I accidentally skipped past the part where you enter in your phone number. So all they had was the option for push notifications for me which I guess you can't push out an individualized message like that. Um, I don't know. It was a little confusing. And um, I think the most irritating part about it was that I was sitting right there and I could see that there were open tables, but I was being patient. I was trying not to let it bother me, but that was a long time to wait when you were told it was going to be 10 minutes and I could see that there are tables available. So once I got seated, it took another five minutes or so before anybody even approached the table to ask, if I wanted something to drink or anything. Um, I did order a glass of the sangria and that took about another five minutes to get to me. And then I had ordered the Cobb salad, of course, and that took 20 minutes for them to get me the Cobb salad. So with the 45 minute wait and waiting five minutes for anybody to approach my table, another five minutes for the sangria that now we're at 55 minutes plus 25 excuse me, 20 more minutes for waiting for the salad to be delivered. That was between an hour and 15 and an hour, 20 minute wait before I had all my food and drink on my table in front of me, which was insane. So I don't know that I'm going to be doing Brown Derby Lounge again. Um, For that reason, I think I will try to only do it with a, a reservation and not ever try to do the walk up unless... I am absolutely certain that the wait is going to be short. Um, And then the other reason that I may not do the lounge is that um, there are no DVC or AP discounts when you eat in the lounge, but there are if you eat in the regular restaurant, which is so weird to me because most of it's the same menu and you're just sitting outside instead of inside. So I ate the Cobb salad and had the sangria without a discount simply because I was eating outside. So make it make sense, but whatever. The salad was good as usual. I don't normally get the sangria. Normally I get one of their margaritas or the margarita flight, but the sangria was lovely. Um, it was a white wine sangria and I will definitely be getting it again. And I highly recommend it if you are a sangria person. From there, I went over and checked into my Rise of the Resistance uh, individual lightning lane at 2.35, and I was in the pre-show area about 10 minutes later and off the ride by 3.05. 
From there, I modified the Lightning Lane that I had from Slinky Dog uh, over to a Frozen Sing along Lightning Lane. Now, I did not end up ever rebooking a Slinky Lightning Lane. The, I This was my only particular day I was planning to spend in Hollywood Studios. I've ridden Slinky a bazillion times. I have not done the Frozen Sing along in a really long time. So I felt like that was going to be my priority and I was fine switching that lightning lane over. Um, so from there, I rode the Mickey and Minnie Railroad using a lightning lane. The pre show room, and I guess it was maybe due to the audio issues that they were having earlier that day, but the pre show room was broken. So they ended up using an announcement to just say, oh no, it looks like. Goofy drove a train through a movie screen and now you're going to walk into the cartoon. It was the weirdest little announcement to explain sort of the pre-show what had happened, but they didn't really make it magical. It was just like, oh, Goofy drove a train through a, a movie screen. It was kind of funny, but weird. Like, what if that were your first time riding that ride? Um, but the show itself, the ride itself was working perfectly fine. So that was nice. From there, I hobbled back to the boardwalk on my blistery feet and decided that I would do some pool time. I had originally planned on going back over to Epcot that night and doing some festival booths for dinner, but I ended up just hanging out by the pool did not, I'll, I'll disappoint my friend Nancy uh, to say that I did not end up doing any water slides on this particular trip. I just hung out by pools. Um, she and I like to do the water slides late at night, especially after we've had a cocktail from the pool bar, but I didn't end up doing the slide. I didn't really want to get like my whole head wet or anything like that. So uh, because I decided not to walk back over to Epcot to eat festival food, purely to save my feet, I ended up getting a pizza slice from the Boardwalk pizza window. And I have to say that the pizza slice was perhaps one of the worst pizza slices I've had in my life. I will never be going back to the pizza window at the Boardwalk. Um, it was huge. So if you're looking for a huge slice of pizza, I guess it's fine. Like you could definitely split it with somebody. Um, but it was covered in gobs and gobs of cheese, like way too much cheese. And, and I don't think I'd ever thought I would say the phrase too much cheese, but there was too much cheese on it. It was dripping with grease. It was not good. It was just like a big, really thick piece of pizza that you might get at like a Chuck E. Cheese. And maybe this is the fact that I live have lived in New York now for 23 years at this point, um, that maybe I'm a little snobby about pizza now. Um, I will admit that could be the case, but unless there was literally nothing else to eat, I will not be going to that pizza walk-up window again. Anyway, um, from there, I ended up doing a little clothes change, putting on some fresh clothes up in my room. And then I had wanted to try jelly rolls on this trip because I've never been to jelly rolls before. I had planned to just get one drink, enjoy one drink, check it out, see what it was, even though there's a cover charge and everything. I ended up getting two drinks. Um, and I made a note of what they were because the second drink that I had was the raspberry burst, which is raspberry, raspberry, eh, 
can I do this? Raspberry vodka, peach schnapps, and cranberry juice. And it was good. It was fine. Um, but nothing to write home about. Uh, the first drink I got, though, was called the Shazam. And it was citrus vodka, coconut rum, raspberry liqueur, melon liqueur, pineapple juice, and grenadine. And that was really good. So I should have gotten the first drink, um, you know, a second time. I was really enjoying the piano players. They were very talented. They did a, a shift switch in the middle of it. So we had two piano players. And then they swapped out. And it was the second two. All four of them were really good, and I they were just seemed to be able to play anything sort of from memory, no sheet music. They were taking uh, requests. Um, so I was really impressed with them. Um, and so I was just sitting there enjoying my drink, and then I thought, oh, I should just get one more since I'm, you know, just hanging out enjoying this. By the time I got out of there, it was probably around 11 or so, so I went straight to bed. Um, on Monday, May 15th, I ended up sleeping in and did not buy Genie Plus for that day. And that was because I was doing some shopping for that part of the morning and didn't really need it. So I slept in, I woke up, got packed up, got myself organized. And then right at 11 o'clock, I was checking out and taking my luggage over to Bell Services. My original plan was that I thought that I'd be going and getting breakfast at Les Halles, which is the patisserie in France. Um, but because of the blister situation, I was not about to walk all the way over from Boardwalk into Epcot simply to get breakfast. So I scrapped that plan and instead went down to the little coffee shop in the Boardwalk uh, Resort and got a hazelnut almond milk latte iced and then got a blueberry scone. And I just took them and sat out on the balcony of the main Boardwalk Resort in some of the rocking chairs there sort of overlooks the greenery area, like right near where my room was anyway, and just enjoyed that coffee and scone. And from there, I called a lift and went over to the Vineland outlets. That is where one of the two locations of Character Warehouse is. And if you're not familiar with Character Warehouse, Character Warehouse is a Disney outlet that specifically sells outlet priced things that used to be for sale in the parks. So it's not like a normal Disney store. You can go in there and get old festival merchandise or, you know, shirts and things like that that are associated with the actual Disney park and not just Disney as a company. Um, so I did not really get too much from Character Warehouse. I did find a Darth Vader, Darth Vader women's t-shirt for myself, which is nice because I did not have any Star Wars t-shirts that were like a ladies cut that fit me anymore. Um, so I was happy to find another Star Wars shirt. It was only $12.99. And for whatever reason, this all of the clothing items at the Character Warehouse were on an additional 40% off sale. So that made it really cheap. Um, ended up finding a Star Wars shirt for my son, Alex, as well. I also got him, you know, one of those little desk signs that you can put um, just on your desk that says a phrase or whatever. I found one that said, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow on it. And he loves that song. He loves Car Carousel of Progress. He's, um, 
about to be 13 years old and I've really raised him right because he has turned into a Disney parks nerd and I love it. He is amazing. He loves knowing all the Disney history and stuff. And that's just one of his favorite ride songs. So I grabbed that for him. Um, got some pins. I've been collecting pins specifically for my nephews who I'll be bringing with me in February so that they can do some pin trading. I've never been a pin trader myself. Um, the only pins I buy are just if I see one that I really love, I get it to keep. Um, and then I always get pins from each resort that I stay at, which speaking of which, spoiler alert, when I got to the Grand Floridian, they were sold out of all their pins and they never restocked while I was there. So I do have a mission next time I'm at Disney to look for a Grand Floridian pin. Anyway, so I grabbed some pins for my nephews and then got the Tiana ears. They had the Color Me Courtney Tiana ears that I grabbed for my friend Nancy who wanted those. And then from there, I took a lift over to Disney Springs and decided to treat myself to lunch at Boathouse. Uh, I've never been to eat at the Boathouse before. Um, so I was able to just walk right up and ask if they could seat a party for one. They could. I got the Boathouse duck drink. I'm not sure what it's actually called, but there's some drink that has duck in the name and it it's a blue cocktail and it comes with a little um, rubber ducky, miniature rubber ducky floating in the drink, which I completely forgot to save. I just left it on the table, but whatever. Um, that was good. And then, then I got the mahi mahi tacos and those were nice too. They had a, a little kick to them. Um, which again, I like a little spice. So I was happy with those. And I was able to get a table outside under cover of, uh, the, the deck awning. So it was shaded, but I was still able to enjoy eating outside. I love eating outside whenever I get the chance, as long as it's not too hot. And it was hot outside, but because it was in the shade, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. From there, I did a little Disney Springs browsing at my favorite places, marketplace co-op world of disney that sort of thing and then my feet again were killing me and i didn't find anything that i wanted specifically so i used the disney buses from there to go over to the grand floridian um where my room was ready at that point so that was around 5 p.m i got over to the grand floridian got situated in my room, which was in the first floor of the Big Pine Key building. The Big Pine Key building is the newly renovated DVC building that has the the DVC Resort Studio category, I think is what they're calling it. It's not a deluxe studio because it does not have a kitchenette per se. It has a drink cooler and a Keurig machine. I don't think it had a microwave in it. So it's, it's a little different. It also unlike most deluxe studios, it did not have a queen size bed and then a pull out queen size bed. Instead, this was two queen size bed. Um, it was gorgeous. It was, again, like I said, newly renovated. It had a Mary Poppins theme to it. It was just beautiful. Uh, they did a really nice job. Um, I was really happy with the style of the room, the space that I had, all of that. My only, um, I guess I, I, I'm not even going to call them complaints just because this is just like this particular room was this particular room. The door opened right into the lobby of that building. So it wasn't down one of the hallways. Like literally if you were standing in the little lobby area where there's couches and places to sit, my door to my room was 
like opened right there, which was fine. But when people would walk past in the morning or at night, getting ready to go or or come from the parks, you just heard talking and, and stuff like that. So that's a little something. And then my particular room, when I went out into the balcony, um, I'm calling it a balcony. It was, it was like a patio, but it had um, a, a railing to it. So it was, uh, you couldn't walk out of it to, to leave your room and go over to the pool or anything. Um, but it looked right into basically what a, amounted to a parking space where they continually would park a golf cart. It was fine. It was not a view of anything. It was the golf cart parking spot and then the back of a building that like is right next to the pool. Um, it was nice that it was so convenient. I could walk out and get right to the pool very easily. But um, if I had wanted to sit out there and enjoy a view or something of anything of greenery or anything like that, it didn't feel like I had it because the golf cart was right there. Um, the only real complaint complaint I have about the room is that one thing I noticed, and I don't know if it's the same in every single room type like this, or if it was just this particular room, but there was no full length mirror in the room where you could easily get to it. So you would expect that in the bathroom, maybe one of the barn style doors would have a full length mirror on it or behind it or something like that. But no, um, the only full length mirror was on the inside of one of the doors of the armoire that like that was built into the wall, which sounds fine, except that the armoire doors, when you opened them would not stay open at their full ability to open without you holding it with your arm. Otherwise they kind of started to close a little bit. So there was no way to look at yourself in the full length mirror without you holding the door, which meant you couldn't stand back far enough from the mirror to really see what you look like. And that was just like really poor design. They either should have used one of the front of the armor doors to put the mirror just where it could be seen in the bedroom or put the full length mirror over like near the entrance to the room or something like that. So that was, that's my one real complaint is that that, that was not thought out at all. I mean, I really would have needed a second person to stand there and hold the door open so that I could then stand back far enough from the door to see what my outfit looked like for the day. Um, so not great, but anyway, other than that, the room was lovely. The resort was lovely. I was so happy to finally get to stay there. Um, once I got over and into my room, I just relaxed. I sat out on that patio. I took the chance to recharge my phone. And that night it was the extra hours for deluxe guests over at Epcot. So at 6 p.m. they had another virtual queue open up for Guardians of the Galaxy. So I went ahead and got a virtual queue for that. And then I also, uh, like I said, had not purchased Genie Plus for that day, but I did end up going ahead and purchasing an individual lightning lane for Guardians of the Galaxy so that I knew that I would have that sort of at the end of my night. From there, I left the Grand Floridian and I took the monorail over to the Ticket and Transportation Center to transfer over to the Epcot monorail and ended up getting over to Epcot at about 7.30 p.m. for uh, those late night hours. Uh, during those late night hours, I took 
lots of PhotoPass photos. I did Spaceship Earth, Walk On. I used my individual lightning lane for Guardians of the Galaxy and got Conga. And then, uh, oh, this is when uh, something really kind of cool happened, which was that I rode that individual lightning lane, got Conga, and as we were getting off the ride, as I was getting towards the doors where you would exit to go to the stairs, the cast member was like, do you all want to ride again? And it was completely random to me. I was like, uh, okay. So they shuffled us through this back door, which basically, uh, shot us out right into the loading area again. And we, everybody who was in my car, uh, my train of, of the ride got to get right back on and ride it a second time. And that was because there were a couple of guys on there that have ridden the ride a lot. And they mentioned something to the cast member about how the ride was not spinning as much as it usually does. Now, I will tell you, as somebody who has ridden that ride a lot, I could not tell that it wasn't spinning as much as it usually does. It still was fun and thrilling and all of that. So I never would have said anything because I still had a good time. But they said something, and apparently the cast members can look at their computer screen and tell if there was an error and stuff did not rotate as much as it should have, and they were able to confirm that. So that's why they offered all of us the option to ride again. Um, that being said, the second time I wrote it, because I knew that there, now that in hindsight they told me that there was an issue, I was paying attention and I was like, yeah, this did spin more the second time. Um but anyway, that was really cool. And it felt like pixie dust to me just to get to immediately write it a second time. And that second time I got Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which that was, again, the song that played the very first time I wrote it. And that's a song that's really special in our household because when Alex was born, my husband, uh, Charles, was really wanting that to be the very first song he ever heard because it starts, welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Um and he just really wanted that to be the very first song he ever heard. So that was the first song we played on the stereo for him when we got home from the hospital. And so now it's just like a theme in our family. So that was really fun to get that again. From that point, I realized I had made an epic error or an Epcot error, if you will, which is that my plan that whole time was to continue to eat at the food booths for dinner. But like I said, I arrived at Epcot at 7.30, and I think they closed at 8, and that's when the extra hour started, and I was doing Spaceship Earth and writing Guardians of the Galaxy, and I did not even think about the fact that because the normal park hours were closing, that the festival booths would not be open. So then I was like, oh, Lord, I do not know how I'm going to be able to eat tonight if nothing's open. Um, so luckily I went on to the My Disney Experience and said, let me see if I can mobile order. And it did show me that the fish and chips booth was going to be open. It said specifically on the My Disney Experience, this is open for mobile order for deluxe after hours or whatever they call it. So I knew for a fact I'd be able to get that. So I didn't, I really wasn't sure how late it would stay open and I was hungry right then. So I went ahead and put in that mobile order, walked over there um, and sat at one of the, the tables by the water and ate some fish and chips. It was okay. It was fine. I could only eat half of it because that piece of fish that they give you is huge. Um, I'm not a huge fish and chips person. I love fries. Um, I will say that, but like fried fish 
is not something I love. I will eat it. I can enjoy it sometimes, but I don't love it. But it was the only thing to eat, so I eat it. Um, but I will say that if you've ever had the fish and chips over in the Wizarding World, over at Universal, I think theirs is a lot better. It has a lot more flavor to it. So all I do is when I get fish and chips now compare to that. Um, but I was grateful to have anything to eat at that point because of my, my silly error. Um, from there, I probably should have just headed out because my feet were killing me, but I decided to go over to the creation shop just to browse because creation shop is one of my favorite stores on Disney property. There's just something about it. It's well lit. It's organized. It's big. So they have lots of choices. It's spread out. So you don't usually feel like you're on top of somebody else or that somebody else is on top of you. Um, so wanted to browse in there, um, did not get anything. Um, and I think from that point, oh yeah, I still had to do my virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy. So because I got to ride it a second time after my individual lightning lane, I got to ride it three times on this night, which was awesome. So for the virtual queue, I ended up getting the song September, which is always fun. And from there it was about 1030. And I think the extra hours ended at 11. So I went ahead and, um, got back on the monorail and headed back over to ticket transportation to transfer to the main monorail to get back to Grand Floridian and get to bed. On Tuesday, May 16th, I purchased the Genie Plus service. It was $20 that day. Um, And I did the virtual queue for Tron, ended up getting group number 15. So I really think that, you know, starting to hit refresh four or five seconds before really helps. Um, And once I got that boarding group, I went ahead and also purchased an individual lightning lane for Tron for as late as I possibly could. I got it at 845 um, so that I knew for a fact I'd be riding it at the dark. So I would want to compare the two. This was going to be my first time riding on Tron and I wanted to ride it you know, as quickly as possible because I was excited, but then I also wanted that writing it in the dark experience. Um, that individual lightning lane was $20 that day. I was out of my room by about 7.45 on the monorail. I got onto the monorail um, just before eight o'clock and was in the park like 10 minutes later. It was so quick. From there, I uh, went ahead and rope drop the Starbucks. <laughs> um, I probably should have gone ahead and gotten to the front of the early entry area since it was just me, but I really wanted to go ahead and get a Starbucks so that if I had to wait in the line for seven dwarfs, I would have that. Um, so by the time I got over there, I got led into the area right at eight thirty, but I was towards the back. The Seven Dwarfs line was already really long. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to ride this at some point. Um, later, I'm just not interested in spending a lot of time in the line. So I finished my Starbucks and then I went over and what do you have to do when you're in Tomorrowland? You have to ride the People Mover. People Mover is one of my favorites. So I went ahead and got on that. It was like a funny little way, like for somebody who got up that early and was there for rope drop to 
start my day off meandering around with a nice coffee and riding the people mover sounds a little funny, but you know what? When you're on a solo trip, you do what you want to do. And it was so what I needed. From there, I walked on to Buzz Lightyear in my quest to repeat my uh, my performance as a galactic hero. Um, I have yet to repeat that. I did it the one time. I got my sticker. I took my oath as a galactic hero, and now I'm having trouble recreating that moment. So anyway, it did not happen on this trip, even though I wrote it several times. Um, from there, I went and got a Joffrey's hazelnut latte because if you uh, if you haven't guessed, I like my iced coffee in the morning. Normally, I just have one per day, but went on vacation. Why not? And also, I just wanted to have like a really good coffee with my breakfast, which ended up being the breakfast bowl, which is uh, at the lunching pad. And it was tots with cheese and omelet and salsa and sour cream on it. I had never had this particular breakfast before. I think when I interviewed Jeanette, it was the first time I became aware that breakfast was even an option at the lunching pad. And because they had gotten some kind of um, like a sweet pull apart bread there. And I did see that it was an option. I'm not usually a, a eat something sweet for breakfast person. I very rarely do that. Although as I say this, I realize I've already talked about eating blueberry scones and I've already talked about eating blueberry and lemon pancakes, but generally I'm more of a savory person. So I tried the tots and ate that. It was really good. Um, So would definitely recommend that as a breakfast option if you're on that side of the park. From there, I checked into my virtual queue at 9.45 for Tron, and I was off the ride by 10.15. So that was not bad to wait in that virtual queue and be off 30 minutes later. Now, part of that is based on the fact that the ride is so short. It needs to be a little bit longer. It is super short. I would not recommend waiting a ton of time for it because it is so short. But it was a lot of fun. I rode the front row the first time I rode it because I wanted to experience, you know, taking that lift off, being right in the front. Um, and that was that was fun. From there, I did Carousel of Progress because, again, my family loves Carousel of Progress, or at least my son and I do. I'm not so sure if my husband loves it. He likes it. and He usually gets a nap in there. Um, From there, I did the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor with a 10-minute wait. Always a good time. Had, Had fun on that. I have never once been somebody that they put on camera, though. I'm waiting for that day. Um, but I really think it's funny when they when they tap people in the audience for the, the camera stuff. For this whole day, I was basically letting Standby Skipper book my lightning lanes and then modifying all of them to stack them for later. And this was a good um, a good way to do it for me because I ended up booking six different lightning lanes, plus I had that individual uh, lightning lane for Tron. Plus I had the virtual queue for Tron and I did some walk on stuff. So I got a ton done this day. So I was just letting it book things and then modifying it and then taking my time doing what I wanted to do. So it was really hot this trip. I think we only had one day where it slightly rained. Other than that, it was like 90 degrees the whole time. Um, so it was hot. I headed over and got my tropical serenade. Um, only ate about half of it because I was kind of full from the, the tacho breakfast. Um, 
but it was delicious. It's the coconut Dole Whip with pog juice as a float, and then it has the uh, pineapple upside down cake, cake pop. Delicious. I usually will take it over and kind of sit myself on the steps by the little shooting gallery right there in Frontierland. It's a nice shady spot that's significantly cooler. And it's not when you, I, I will recommend this to everybody. When you buy a Dole Whip or whatever you're going to buy um, from over there, lots of people will stay in that area and sit and eat their Dole Whips sort of right around the Aladdin ride. Um, the magic carpet ride. And that is in the dead sun. There's like no shade. It's very sunny. There's hardly any places to sit, but people seem to cram in. Um, And it's really busy. And it's not, in my opinion, the best place to eat your Dole Whip. You're better off buying your Dole Whip and then walking away to go eat it somewhere else. So usually what I do is I walk underneath that pass through right there. And then I will find a spot either over by the shooting gallery on the steps, which is a great place because hardly anybody is ever sitting on the steps. Um, or sometimes you can find a rocking chair over there in that area. And that's the perfect place to have your dole up. And then you can, it's a little bit quieter. Sometimes the, the, um, bears from the country bear jamboree will walk past and it's more relaxing. So from there, just kind of sat and relaxed for a while. I played on my phone, um, enjoyed my tropical serenade, went into the pen store, looked around. By this point, it was almost lunch. So I went ahead and decided that this would be a time when I would try to go over to the Polynesian and eat the quick service for lunch because there were two different things I love to get at the Polynesian quick service, which is called Captain Cook's. And um, I wanted to make sure I got to get each of those things during this trip. So I, instead of going back to the Grand Floridian, I waited and took the boat over to the Polynesian and got my pork nachos for my lunch. Um, I had remembered because I knew I'd probably do this to put my refillable mug into my park bag for the day. So when I got over the poly, I also had that ready to fill up um, because when you get your refillable mug, you can use it at any of the Disney resorts, not just the one you're staying at. From there, I hopped on to the monorail and rode at the one stop over to Grand Floridian took all my stuff back to my room and then I had my massage scheduled for the Grand Floridian Spa and that was at two o'clock. So I went over about 15 minutes before that, got checked in. It was so nice in there. It was really relaxing. In the changing room area, they had all these comfortable chairs. They had a little bar where you could make yourself some tea. They had spa water. Um, They had like some little nuts and granola bars and that sort of stuff that you could pull from. Um, went ahead and they had offer robes and um, little slipper, like portable, not portable, um, disposable kind of slippers for you to put on. And so got that on. By the time I got changed and put myself, put myself, put my, I did not put myself in a locker, put my stuff in the locker that is in that changing room. My, uh, massage therapist was there to call me. And so we went in there. Um, her name was Emily. So shout out to Emily. She was amazing. She was so nice and 
had like a soothing voice and kind of talked to me at the beginning just for a minute or two, like as she was getting started, making sure that she was using the pressure that I liked and um, just kind of asked like a couple basic questions, like where are you visiting from, that sort of thing. And then she just was like, got to work and didn't talk the rest of the time. And I love that because I want it to be quiet during my massage. I just want to zone out. And as with any massage you get, it's always over much quicker than you want it to be. Um, and especially because I only booked the 50 minute massage um, because they're all really pricey over there. And I just was like, no, I'm just going to do the 50 minute. I'm not going to splurge um, and get anything more than that. Because I think with the massage and they, they tack on the gratuity for you as well. I think it was something like $210. Um, well worth it, but that is a lot of money. So, um, I really enjoyed it. And then when you're done with that, they do, you can stay in the changing room and enjoy the, um, the comfortable chairs and the tea as long as you'd like, I think until they close. And they also had a little room with, um, sauna and I think there was some kind of hot tub or something or I'm not sure I did not poke my head in there because I wasn't intending on um, doing that but I did sit in the comfortable chair room um, I don't even know what to call it the comfortable chair room um, for a bit and just I made myself a little tea and then I just sat there and enjoyed the silence and it was lovely and exactly what I needed um, from there, I went back and to my room and got my, my stuff ready to go head back over to Magic Kingdom. But before I went over to Magic Kingdom, I really wanted to make sure that I got a chance to try the Enchanted Rose lounge while I was there. And I didn't want to put it off and then not get around to it. So it was right around three o'clock anyway, which is when the Enchanted Rose opens. So I headed straight over there. I got the cocktail that had the Earl Grey tea in it. Um, it was like a lavender fog, or I can't remember what it's called, but it it was really good. A little sweet, but not overly sweet. Um, I just had that, and then I did order, they had a couple little like munchies that you could order um, at that time. They do have some more substantial offerings that you can order in terms of appetizer type things, but they don't start serving those until a couple hours later. So the only options I had were some very small things. So I, I ordered the little bowl of nuts just to have a little protein and something to eat with the drink. So I wasn't just having a cocktail with nothing in my stomach. Um, just had the wine. The view was lovely out the window. The server was really nice. The ambiance of the bar is great. It's pricey. I can't remember exactly how much my drink was. I want to say it was like $18 maybe. And then the nuts were probably $8 or $9. Um, so, you know, it's a splurge. Um, but especially if I were there and I wanted to go have a drink before a date night, or if I were there like on a girl's trip and wanted to do like a little fancier drink, um, I would definitely recommend it to anybody, especially if you're in that area anyway. From there, I just walked over and hopped right onto the monorail and back to the Magic Kingdom. And I will say that using the monorail is always a pleasure, but using it from the Grand Floridian where the Magic Kingdom is the very next stop was super convenient. I loved it. 
um, at the Magic Kingdom, because I was hungry, I headed over to the cheeseburger, spring roll booth stand, whatever you call it, grabbed some of those. And I went back to the area that's kind of right behind the Christmas shop. There's some chairs and benches and picnic table type things there that are usually not full of people. Um, so I went over there because it's shady and I knew I'd probably be able to find a spot to sit. So I sat there and, um, had my spring roll. Um, and while I was sitting there, Cinderella randomly came and got set her, set herself up at the gazebo to take photos. So I saw her walk in there. And so I was able to jump up because I was done with my spring rolls and be second in line to take a picture with her. Um, and then from there, this is when all of my stacked lightning lanes really started to, to happen. So I'd been building these up, letting Standby Skipper book the entire morning and just kept modifying the times. So from there, I went and did a lightning lane for Space Mountain. Uh, it was super hot. So on my way over to walk to my lightning lane for Big Thunder Mountain, because that is a, a long walk, I did stop and grab a frozen Coke from the launching pad on my way and just drank that as I walked over to Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, from there, I did my lightning lane at Jungle Cruise and then headed over for a lightning lane at Enchanted Tales with Belle which is always fun. I did not get picked to play any parts, uh, but it, it was really fun to watch the kids get into it and to watch all of the, the magic that they make happen there. From there, I decided I was ready for dinner. And just to be uh, simple about it, I decided that I would mobile order the chicken waffle sandwich from uh, Sleepy Hollow. And that was nice. It, I had, I don't think I'd ever had that particular sandwich before. It was fine. It had a little bit of a kick to it, which I do like, but I mean, I shouldn't compare it to the Nutella waffle that I tend to get there for breakfast, but between the two, the Nutella waffle is just off the charts good. And this was fine. The chicken waffle was fine. It was filling. It was tasty. I would get it again if I was hungry, but I wouldn't go out of my way to get it. Um, from there, I went over into the pin store because at this point I realized that the Grand Floridian was out of all of their Grand Floridian pins. And they told me over there that usually when they're out, they have no idea how long it will be till they get a restock. Um, and I knew because they told me that they were also out at the pin store over at Disney Springs. So I thought, well, I'll just check the pin store in Magic Kingdom. They did not have one there either. And long story short, I did not end up getting a Grand Floridian pin the whole time I was there. I ended up um, taking some time to sit and FaceTime my husband for a bit. I ended up taking some photos um, by, by the water there. Um, and then from there, it was time for my lightning lane for Haunted Mansion. After that, it was kind of getting late. So I did my individual Tron lightning lane. I checked in at 840 and I was off by nine o'clock. So it was, it, I, maybe it was because of that time of night. It was quicker, but it's also an individual lightning lane. So it was quicker by 10 minutes to do that individual lightning lane then compared to the virtual queue that I had done that, that morning. 
Then I got myself situated to watch Happily Ever After, which starts at 9.20 currently. And so I found a spot. It was fine. It was not the greatest spot in the world, but I didn't really care. I just wanted to watch it. And I ended up, that was the only time I ended up standing and actually watching Happily Ever After. I will say Happily Ever After is my favorite fireworks show. I love it. It makes me emotional, but I also, I hate the huge crowds. Um, I have done the dessert party before for um, a different fireworks show. Um, or was it for Happily Ever After? I don't know. I, anyway, I did a dessert party at one point for uh, fireworks. I loved that experience. It's really pricey, but you do get a great spot to watch. And it's not super crowded because it's limited to the people who have the dessert party tickets, but it's very expensive. And I was not about to purchase that for just myself, uh, for this particular trip. So I watched it and I thought if I want to watch it again, I will honestly just watch the version they have on Disney plus because it's professionally recorded and nobody's in your way. And that's fine with me. I, as long as I got to see it live one time. From there, I did have a lightning lane scheduled for Peter Pan, but I decided to end up skipping that one because it was late. The blister situation was not much better um, yet. And so I just didn't feel like walking all the way from where I was in front of the castle over there. So I kind of just sat down where I was because I was like right by a little wall um, and waited for the crowd to thin out a little bit. And then once they had thinned out, I did some photo pass with the castle all lit up pretty behind me. And from there, just headed back to the Grand Floridian. So now it is Wednesday, May the 17th, and it is my last full day. I ended up purchasing Genie Plus. It was $18 that day, and I got an individual lightning lane for Flight of Passage, which was $13. I was up and at them early. I got to Animal Kingdom at 8.30, right in time, sort of for early entry. And because I had that Flight of Passage, I did not need to worry about heading over there. And then I had standby skipper doing all my my work for my genie pluses so i didn't even worry about that so i just headed straight back to everest which is what my son alex and i love to do first thing in the morning i did it twice in a row with no weight and requested the very back row both times um if he had been with me we would have probably ridden it a third time last time we were there i think we did it four times in a row and that was too much for me i could handle three but four it was too much but this time twice i was like okay i'm good um and from there i headed over to the joffrey stair in asia and got myself an iced latte and then right there there's a quick service um and i can't remember what quick service that is it's literally the one right across from the Joffrey's car anywho I ended up getting an egg white breakfast sandwich which was not great it was whatever it was protein it was nothing amazing but it was something that was not completely sugary to go with my my latte from there I had a lightning lane set up for safari and after I was done with my lightning lane for safari I went ahead and grabbed the corn that is right over by the safari because it is so good it's not super filling it's corn it's got the juice oh my god I am delirious sorry guys I am so tired um I've just been running around like crazy this week so sorry if I'm delirious and making corn jokes but anyway 
the corn is so good and it's the fact that it has the African spices on it, which make it amazing. So I was right there anyway. I knew it wasn't going to fill me up too much. I went ahead and grabbed it because is it ever too early for corn? No, the answer is no, it's not. Um, from there, it was starting to get really hot already. So I went ahead and hopped into Starbucks and grabbed a strawberry acai refresher walked behind the tree of life on some of the trails they have there to see if I could get some pictures with the tree behind me and then also just to get a little bit of shade from there when I where I exited it was right near the photo pass with Mickey and Minnie in their safari gear and it was only a 20 minute standby posted wait time but it actually I didn't think it would take that long because I could see that there was no line. So I went ahead and got in there and it only took about 10 minutes or so to get out. And that reminds me that the photo pass that got uploaded to my account is actually the person before me, not me. So for anybody who's out there, if you have photo pass, it's kind of good to keep a sense of like what photo passes you're doing and when, because if there are ever any that are missing from your account, you can use the photo pass email address. And I will find that and put it in the show notes um, to email them. And if you're specific about, you know, oh, it was between this time and this time, here's what I was wearing, that sort of thing. So like I, I have the photos of the people that went right before me. So all I have to do is basically email them and say, I received these photos that were taken at this time. I was actually the person right after them. Here's a photo of what I was wearing that day. And just put a different photo pass picture up there to show them my outfit. And then they will, it usually will take a day or two, and then they will notify you that it's been, your correct pictures have been added to your account. Um, So that, and then there are times where I notice, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy, that it will not sense your magic van and do your picture every single time. So I usually try to make a note of what time I'm writing Guardians of the Galaxy so that if I know that a photo was not uploaded, then I know that I need to email them about it. So what I do is as I know that I'm supposed to expect a photo, if it's not there within a couple hours, I just open my notes app and make a little list of all the photos I know I'm missing and approximately what time I took it and the date, just so I can reference what photo, what outfit I was wearing. And then after my trip is over, I do individual emails for each picture I know I'm missing so they don't get confused and they can just address each individual issue. So that's my recommendation for you if you ever notice photos are missing and they generally are able to take care of them pretty quickly that way. So I did my photo with Mickey and Minnie. Hopefully I will see that soon because I still haven't emailed them yet. Um, Then I went over and watched the Finding Nemo stage show, which I think is so good. And I live in New York City and I see Broadway shows and I'm not disappointed anytime I see one of the stage shows at Disney and Finding Nemo is probably my favorite one. Um, I just think the quality of the puppetry is so good and they really do a nice job of condensing the story of the movie into one solid show. And then my favorite performer usually, and I've seen multiple people do it because they do have different people that play it at different times. Um, just because they do the show so often, it's not the same person the entire week. Usually it's divided up. Um, but every person I've ever seen play the role of crush literally crushes it. Um, they're just like, it's a high tenor role and 
they just do an amazing job. Like they hit notes and I'm just like, oh my God, that, that was good. Um, so if you have not taken the time to go sit and watch the Finding Nemo show, it's a nice little, I think it's 20 minutes or so. It's air conditioned and it's not one that you need to line up for unless you really care about sitting right down front, which there's so many good seats in the theater. You don't have to worry about that. It's one that you can walk up right before the show starts. In fact, I walked up right as the show was starting and they were yelling like last call before the doors close. And I just walked in and they had just started the first song and I just, they had people with flashlights pointing you where to go. And I just sat down and watched the whole thing. It was so good as usual. From there, I went over to Ride Dinosaur and did that with a five-minute standby wait, um, seeing my favorite pre-show scientist, Dr. Seeker. He's amazing. Um, and then it was time for my lightning lane for Navi River Journey. I do think it's important to get a lightning lane when it comes to Navi River Journey because for whatever reason, that line always gets really, really long. Um, so I recommend getting an individual lightning lane for flight of passage and making sure you do a regular lightning lane for Navi River Journey. Immediately after Navi River Journey, it was time for my flight of passage individual lightning lane. So that was nice that I could just walk right next door, do that. From there, I had put myself onto the walk-up list for Nomad Lounge. And while I was on flight of passage, I got the notification that it was time. And you're supposed to get back in a certain amount of time. So by the time I walked up, it was 15 minutes past when I was supposed to be there. Um, but I walked up and there was somebody else that was in the same situation. And they were kind of told, okay, you can hang out here. We'll try to get you seated as soon as possible. Because I was only one person they were like, if you want to go right in and sit at the bar, there's open seats there right now. And I was like, I don't care. I'll sit at the bar. That's fine. Um, so I ordered the Nomad Spice Trader Classic, which was delicious. And I had a lunch that consisted of the bread service and the churros. So I was really carb loading this day. They were both delicious as usual. They had the strawberry sauce and the vanilla sauce, both with the churros, um, which was nice to have both. Could not finish all the churros though. It was just between, cause I did clean my plate with the bread service and then I ate all of the churros, but two. And then there was this couple that was next to me and I think they were engaged um, and they were on a huge family trip and they told me they were taking a break from the big family and they were just taking a moment for themselves. And I was like, this might be weird, but I have two churros left. Would you like these? Um, cause it feels weird to share food with strangers like that. Um, but they were like, okay. So they took, they took my churros and they even, I guess they had noticed that I was not double dipping. They even used the sauces. And then we chatted for a second about, you know, where they were from and stuff. It was nice. And so that's just my, my note to somebody. If you're on a solo trip, the nice thing is, is that you can make it what you want it to be. When I wanted peace and quiet and just to watch people and to read my book or to look at my phone, I did that. And if there was somebody that was next to me that was nice, or if I just felt like talking, or if I got seated with somebody else, like on a ride, I would always say hi, or, you know, just kind of engage with the person to be nice. And it gave me opportunities to socialize. So I did not feel alone the whole time, even though it was a solo trip. From there, I looked in the the stores there at the front of Animal Kingdom. I like both of those stores and did a photo pass, of course, in front of the Tree of Life. And at that point, it was 
2.15, I made a note and I decided to go ahead and head back to Grand Floridian because I had done everything basically I really cared about doing at Animal Kingdom and leaving Animal Kingdom at 2.15, I was back at the Grand at 2.45, so not too bad. From there, I decided to take a nap because I was exhausted. I was going to lay down for just like 45 minutes. I ended up napping for about an hour and a half. And at that point, I had wanted to get in some pool time. So I got up from my nap, got all changed into my swimsuit and everything, got out to the pool, and there's like nobody in the pool. I was like, uh, is the pool closed? And of course it was because there was lightning within a certain mileage of the resort. So I ended up going back to my room and just kind of sitting on my little uh, patio balcony thing and eating a snack and just sitting and reading my book and stuff. And about 30 minutes later, I noticed that the lifeguards seemed to be congregating again over at the pool because I could see where they entered um, directly from my uh, balcony. So I went ahead and headed into the pool. I went to the pool bar and for dinner, I ended up getting just a salad from the pool bar, which was lackluster, um, but was nice to eat some vegetables and some grilled chicken instead of something unhealthy. But I did pair that with a margarita. So healthy on one hand, not healthy on the other. Um, But just sat there, ate my salad, drank my margarita, read my book, um, went, sat with my feet in the pool to like help with the, the my poor feet um, and just sat there and read my book. Luckily, my, my Kindle is waterproof. So I just sat there, didn't, didn't worry about anything. Um, at about 7.30 p.m., I decided I was ready to head back over to the Magic Kingdom because it was the extra hours for the deluxe guests. I had been stacking the lightning lanes that Standby Skipper was booking for me, modifying them. So I got back over to Magic Kingdom and just back to back did a bunch of lightning lanes. So I had a lightning lane for Peter Pan, then a lightning lane for Pirates, then one for Big Thunder. Then I had booked one for Winnie the Pooh because don't don't disregard Winnie the Pooh. I think it's a really fun ride. If you have not done it or if you just walk past it because you think it's a kid's ride, I mean, it is a kid's ride, but I love going through the first doors and seeing the little nod to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So if you don't know the first set of doors you go through, if you look over to your left, there's a picture of Mr. Toad handing the deed of his property over to Owl, kind of signifying that that used to be the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and it had been converted. So it was like passing the torch kind of thing. And so I always like little little Disney Parks history there that I think is cool to always look over and acknowledge. And then there's a room where it makes you feel like your little honeypot is floating. And there's this one room where it's really trippy and you think, I've never done acid in my life, but this must be what it feels like (laughs) because it's all neon and crazy. Um, There's a room where Tigger is making you bounce. So your little honeypot is bouncing. It's fun. So do it if you haven't done it in a long time. Um, from there, I did a lightning lane on Space Mountain, and then I walked on to Buzz, again, not to get my galactic hero status renewed. Someday, shakes fist at the sky. Um, from there, my virtual queue for Tron was called at about 9.30. I was able to get that virtual queue from the 6 p.m. drop since I was part of the deluxe after hours. Um, I showed up 
to that virtual queue at about 10.15 and was off of the ride by 10.50. From then, I know I had that salad by the pool for dinner, but I was hungry again. The salad was not super big and I was hungry. So I ended up going over to the lunching pad, which now this is the third time on this trip I've stopped at the lunching pad and I hardly ever stopped at the lunching pad. So it's a little funny that this has been my lunching pad themed trip. Um, but they had a banh mi hot dog. So banh mi is, um, like has cilantro on it and it's, um, a really, uh, flavorful profile that I just wanted to try with the hot dog. It was, it was really nice. Um, and I got another Coke Icy cause it was still hot, even though it was dark out, it was hot. So I got the Coke Icy. It was really refreshing. Walked into Buzz one more time in hopes that I would get Galactic Hero, and it did not happen. Um, from there, for some reason, I was just really in the mood for an ice cream cone, like a pure ice cream cone. Um, and I'm not normally somebody who eats ice cream cone. Usually, if I have the option, I always opt for a cup. I prefer it. It's not as messy. Um, but I just really wanted like ice cream on a cone. And so I went over and I can't remember what is the name of the place. Uh, is it called Friar's Nook? Maybe it's back where you can buy the tachos, but they have, um, they have ice cream there. So I got a, a vanilla chocolate swirl on a cone and then I found a nice little spot to sit. There's those little sort of, uh, like archways behind the castle that are clearly supposed to be kind of like part of the castle, but they're nowhere near the castle and it kind of helps transition the land. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about at all, but it's like pieces of the castle that are out there. Um, and there's some wall that you can sit on. So I sat there just cause it was a nice view of the back of the castle and I ate my ice cream. And then from there I was right by seven dwarfs. It was quite late at this point. The extra hours were supposed to be done at midnight. It was 1148 and I hopped into the seven dwarfs line and I was off the ride by 1159. From there, I realized that I left my mini ears in the little pocket in the seven dwarfs mine train car. But luckily I realized as soon as I had gotten through the exit gate. So I immediately turned around and told a cast member and I remembered what car number I had been in. So I was able to tell her and they just waited till it cycled back through. She reached in, they were still there grabbing them for me, which was nice because these were the cute ones that are black with like black satin with black polka dots. And they have a little bit of a off center bow. Um, they're fairly new. That's why I'm describing them because you might know what they look like, but I had purchased them on my last trip. And this was the first day I was ever wearing this particular pair. So I was like, Oh my God, if I debuted these ears today and then I've lost them, I will be not very happy. So anyway, retrieved my ears, went back, um, hopped on the monorail to go back to the Grand Floridian. Everybody else that got on the Grand Flo- that got on the monorail ended up getting off at the Ticket and Transportation Center. So I ended up riding in my very own monorail car between the Ticket and Transportation Center and the Grand Floridian, uh, which was kind of cool. So now we are finally at Thursday, May 18th. It was my final day, my departure day, but I did not need to uh, be at the Grand Floridian for my 
mirrors pick up until 4.30. So I had plenty of the day. And this day was just amazing. Um, I decided that because it was my final day, I just wanted to be really relaxed about it. And I did not want to prioritize rides at all. So I slept late. I got up at about 9.45 after being out late the night before. Got myself packed up took my stuff over to Bell Services just to have them store it until I came back and needed it. Um, and after I got my stuff with Bell Services, that was right about 11 o'clock, I hopped on the monorail, which was there right away, and I was in the Magic Kingdom by 10 after 11. So very quick. Went straight to Starbucks to get my cold brew, and then I headed over to Sleepy Hollow to get the Nutella waffle, which I do like to have for breakfast, and they serve it all day now. So I was able to have that as my brunch sort of thing because at that point it was definitely almost lunchtime, but I had not had anything to eat yet. So, And with that Nutella waffle, I sat there at Sleepy Hollow and I enjoyed my iced coffee and I had my Nutella waffle and I read my Kindle and it was heaven on earth. I highly recommend doing that sort of thing. Even if you're not on a solo trip, if you just have an opportunity, at least at one point in your trip to just get some food and a drink and sit and either just read a book or just people watch or just like not be on your phone. Um, It's nice. I just feel like you get to soak up the atmosphere and it just felt very luxurious um, because you don't often get time to do that kind of thing. From there, the Festival of Fantasy Parade was happening by, so I went ahead and watched that. I really wanted to do the Hall of Presidents because I have not done it in a while and I thought, I should do it while I'm here. Um, But then the fantasy festival came by and I walked back up to go into Hall of Presidents right when I knew the show was starting. And I did not realize this, but they rope off the entrance a few minutes before and they won't let you in. So, you know, when when I walked up, she asked if, if somebody in my party was already inside. And I suppose if I had said yes, she would have let me in. But I said no. And she's like, well, then you can't come in. And I was like, what's the difference between one person coming in because I'm by myself or one person coming in because you know my family's in there. But regardless, I said the fine, I'll come back later. Spoiler alert, I did not end up coming back later (laughs) because I got to do other things. But anyway, from there, because I was kind of nearby, I decided to go ahead and do PhilharMagic, which I love. That was about 1230. In the little store that you come out into after PhilharMagic, I found a really cute Small World mug that I think I've seen before, but I generally on every trip will purchase a mug, much to my husband's chagrin, because... I have so many Disney mugs and limited space because I live in New York City and I keep making promises that I'm going to weed out my mug collection. So yeah, I need to get to that. But anyway, the Small World mug was to die for. I had to get it. And so it lives here with me now. Um, From there, I walked over to Big Top Souvenirs because sometimes they have some cool stuff in there and I hadn't been over there yet. So I just meandered over there. And I should say that by this point, my feet were still like not hundred percent, but they were feeling so much more normal now. So I was actually able to be walking around like at a fairly normal speed and be comfortable. And in the prior days, not only was I having to bandage everything up, but I was also 
taking Advil just to kind of like numb myself a little bit because of it. Because, I mean, it was the worst I've ever had it. So I did not find anything at Big Doc Souvenirs, um, but it was nice to just browse around over there. From there, I was ready for a snack at that point in the day, and I was wandering past the place where they sell the, the I think it's the Cheshire Cafe, where they sell the Cheshire cocktails. I did not get that. I've had that before. It's it's good. I People rave about it. It's a chocolate croissant, basically. Um, but, uh, but it's definitely tasty, but I, I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. I did see that they had the pepper jack um, pretzel there, and I've heard good things about this stuffed pretzel. And so I thought, well, I might as well try it. Um, and I would say I, I don't think I'll be getting it again. It was kind of dry, and I expected there to be more pepper jack cheese in the middle, and there was not a whole lot in there. So it was kind of a disappointment. So we'll not be back for that. I think if I'm at Cheshire Cafe, I will opt for the more predictable but delicious Cheshire cocktail. From there, I kind of wanted to start to make my way out of the park. Even though I still had plenty of time, I just really wanted this exit from my trip to feel not rushed and relaxed and calm and able to just make my last minutes of magic. So from there, I wandered um, over in front of the castle and I had seen on Facebook that they had a special magic shot that you could do if you're looking dead on at the castle over on the left side, there's a a photo pass person that's over there that if you uh, get your picture taken there, they'll do a magic shot that makes it look like the castle and you are like a watercolor painting. And they also remove the other people who are in the background of your photo. And so I wanted to try that. It's kind of cool. They like removed everybody and it's all magical looking. So I will download that one and include that in my Instagram photos so you can see what that looks like. Um, Then I walked over to the people who do the super zoom magic shots. They are sort of in the hub grass area right over in front of like the, um, the ice cream parlor and those tables with the yellow umbrellas. There's like a hub grass area right there. And if you go over to those photo pass people that you can ask for the super zoom and they have you stand there and there's a camera uh, on top of the building that zooms in and then zooms out. It's a cool little effect um, there. So I got that. Then I leisurely walked through every single one of the main street shops. Then I ended up being at the front of the park in front of town hall area. And I still, I, I had about 20 minutes before I wanted to leisurely walk out of the park. Again, I'm doing nothing in any hurry this day. But I knew I had 20 more minutes I could spend before I began my leisurely exit. And so I found a rocking chair in front of the Main Street Theater, and I was able to kind of drag it back underneath where the shade was of that little porch area. And I sat there for 20 minutes in a rocking chair, reading my Kindle, listening to the sounds of Main Street, and it was amazing. From there, I headed out and got in line for the monorail and I only had to wait about five minutes. So that left at about 2.35. I headed around back over to the Polynesian so I could get the second dish that I wanted to get on my trip, which is the Thai coconut meatball dish. Again, I planned ahead and I had my resort mug in my 
uh, park bag. So I was able to fill up my uh, Coke Zero, which was my preferred soda of choice. And then from there, I walked up and went to the Kona Island coffee bar, which is right outside of Kona Cafe. And I got an iced coffee and one of their chocolate covered strawberries. And it was chocolate covered. It had was coated in almonds. So it was delicious. I was able to find a a window seat right there that kind of looked out to where the monorail picks up and just sat there and enjoyed my coffee and ate my chocolate covered strawberry. And again, say it with me, read my Kindle. So this was a big day of just reading in different spots and drinking iced coffees and enjoying all of the the ambiance. From there, I hopped on the monorail to the Grand Floridian for the last time, went into the pin shop one more time to ask, do you have any Grand Floridian pins? They did not. And then I was able to sit in the lobby on one of the couches for about 15 minutes and read my Kindle and enjoy listening to the piano player in there. And then it was time to go ahead and claim my bags from Bell Services and wait for the mirrors. So... I got over there probably about, it was about 15 minutes or so before my scheduled pickup time. So about 4.15, I guess. Um, And I was supposed to be picked up at 4.30. I was only waiting there a few minutes with my bag sitting on a bench when they pulled up early. So the driver got out, loaded up my bags, and thanked me profusely for being there not only on time, but early, um, because I was the only pickup at that location. So we were able to get out and head on the road. So we were out um, on the road by 420. um, And I was at the airport and made a note by 5pm. From there, I think my return flight was supposed to be at 730. So I browsed the Disney store there at the airport, browsed the Universal store. At this point, as far as I knew, my flights were on time. And so I wanted to go ahead and get over to the gate because I am definitely one of those people who likes to go over, see the gate, make sure it still exists, and then go find food and stuff. And so I did that. I kind of wish I had not because, first of all, my, my flight ended up being delayed. I had no way of knowing that, but the food selection over in the gate area is so awful compared to the options that you have in the main part. And I think this is one of the downfalls of MCO is that in terminal A and B, there's food options and there's these Disney store and universal store and other store options, but they're all in the part of the airport before you go through security. So you kind of, you could browse in them, but then you've got to watch the timing of how long it's going to take you to get through security and then all that. And then you get over to your gate and there's not very much to do. There's not very very much to look at. There were not very many food choices. Um, Terminal C, the new terminal is much nicer. Everything is past security. So you can go to the nice brand new Disney store and the brand new Universal store after you're already through security. So you know you've got that part behind you and you can take your time and look at what you want to look at. They have amazing food options there. That is not the case in Terminal B. Um, So I got over there. I ended up getting, it was like a chicken sandwich or something from someplace. And I asked them to heat up the sandwich. And 
it was not the greatest, but I just kind of like tried to forget it and take a couple of nibbles, but I did not anywhere near finish it. Um, and there really wasn't anything else that I wanted in the terminal. There were pizza options. Quite honestly, after the boardwalk pizza, it kind of turned me off to pizza for a week because I kept thinking about the taste of that terrible pizza. Being like, no, I don't, I don't want pizza anymore. Um, so anyway, from that point, I went over to my gate and sat there. And then at that point, it started lightning like crazy. It was raining so hard. You could not see past the gangway. So we were delayed. We ended up being delayed for a few hours. And so at some point, I ended up uh, asking the lady who was sitting next to me to, to hold my seat because everybody was sitting around. There were no seats. So she she watched my, my seat for a second while I got up, was able to use the restroom because this is the downfall of being by yourself. Um, she seemed trustworthy. She was, she was sitting next to me for a couple of hours. So I was able to get up and use the restroom and then go stop at the little um, newsstand and grab uh, a soda and like a bag of pretzels or something. And we ended up finally leaving. I think we didn't get out of there until 11 p.m. We were supposed to leave at 7.30. Um, so I got back into New York City rather late. My return flight was actually into JFK instead of LaGuardia, which is not that big a deal because I'm also about 15 minutes from JFK. So fairly easy to get home. Just grabbed a, a lift once I, once I got home. So the flight left at about 11. I landed probably between 1, 1 1.15, and I was probably home around 2, 2 a.m. And I did have to work on Friday. Um, I had to work remotely, so it wasn't so bad. So I was just, you know, at home anyway. So that wasn't too bad. It was pretty late to be having to get up the next day and be on my computer by 9 a.m. So that is everything I did in my trip. I definitely loved doing this solo trip. I would 100% do it again. I would 100% recommend it to anybody. Um, I think that you can make a solo trip what you want it to be. So if you want to be really social and chat with lots of people, you can totally do that. If you want to keep to yourself and not talk to anybody, you can do that. If you want to do like I did and do a mix of that, you can. Um, I would definitely recommend if you're doing a solo trip to kind of follow my model of trying to keep it as flexible as possible because one of the joys of being on a solo trip is getting to do what you want to do when you want to do it and the more stuff you have scheduled for a particular time the less flexible it feels and it feels like you're kind of just running from thing to thing to thing and to have that flexibility just made it feel more relaxing um i really think I got my money's worth out of standby skipper because it was able to kind of keep doing work for me in the background while I was enjoying other things. And then I could just modify whatever I needed to modify. Um, so I would, I would definitely do that again. I don't know if there's anything on this trip I would have necessarily changed. Perhaps the only thing I would have changed, and this is just hindsight, is not wearing my sandals the first day, but I don't know how I would have known to not do that because those sandals have never given me a problem before. So I guess maybe what I need to do is always wear tennis shoes on the first day just to like 
make sure I'm going to be okay and then see how I feel about the sandals. I'm not sure. I don't know how I could have prevented that, but um, that's that's really the only thing I would have changed. Everything else, I did what I wanted to do. I checked off a lot of boxes. There are things that I skipped that I didn't necessarily expect to skip. I didn't expect to end up skipping Slinky Dog in favor of Frozen uh, Sing Along, but I did, and I'm happy I did that. Um, I did not expect to leave this trip and not ride Small World, which normally I always ride Small World, and why wouldn't I? Because there's usually, at some point in the day, you can catch it at a short wait, and I just never made it a priority to get back over there at a time when it was a short wait. Um, and I used my lightning lanes for other things. I don't, I don't really believe in wasting a lightning lane on small world because you can find a time when it's not, um, not too bad. Um, so there's nothing really that I missed that, that I regret. I will do anything I didn't get to do that I want to do on the next time I go. And that's part of the joy of, uh, you know, being, somebody who who goes fairly regularly is there's always next time and now what helps keep you from being in that disney blues phase is a using your podcast to talk about your trip and to interview other people about their trips and then also being able to start planning for that for that next trip um So I hope you enjoyed hearing all about this May solo trip. This ended up uh, being a lot longer than I thought it would be. I thought that I would wrap this up rather quickly since it's just me. But, um, you know, I'm talking to a friend. I'm talking to friends out there, new friends that I haven't met yet. And it just, you're so easy to talk to. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate everybody who has already subscribed. If you have not subscribed yet, I hope that you will. I hope you'll head on over to the Instagram page, follow that. If you are interested in being a trip report guest, the link to fill out the form for consideration is in the show notes, along with any other links that are relevant to things I've talked about in this episode that I think you'd want to know more about, like standby skipper, um, that sort of thing, all in the show notes. Um, Thank you for being here with me. I hope that you'll continue to listen and as I always like to say, keep daydreaming about where you long to be.